yeah. He knows New York. He is New York. Cred that the others don't have. Curtis Lewa, Talk Radio 77 WABC. Shots were fired. Two guys hit down for the count. And I was surprised in this lockdown and pandemic, those after-hour joints are actually raising the roof because they ain't doing that tonight. Not with the cold, the sleet, the rain, and the ice, the black ice and the white ice out there. We're going to get into that momentarily. But remember... I brought you presents, Eric Adams, wherever you are, sampling the nightlife. Yo, brother, I got me some crackers, crackers. Had me a nice bowl of matzo ball soup, and I said, you know something? I'm going to take some of these crackers here from this diner. They won't, they won't mind that it's missing. And I got the cellophane wrapper here. You hear that all? I got to ask you all, first question. Why is it they have cellophane wrappers around crackers? And when you try to open them up, they always come apart. If you notice, you can't get a full cracker out of the cellophane wrapper. And do you use these crackers, these saltine crackers, in your soup, whether they happen to be salted or plain? Our number is 1-800-848-9222. Yo, maestro, I need my music. I haven't finished with my Elton John jammer yet. Do you open up those cellophane wrappers and get a full cracker out? Or does it come in all different pieces, ladies and gentlemen? Our number is 1-800-848-9222. Because it's cracker time tonight here on WABC. Where you get absolution and dispensation. When you use that disparaging remark, can you imagine when I was running for mayor if I said anything about all the black cops who used to give me a wooden shampoo and hit me with their truncheon sometimes, and they just didn't like the way I was looking at it. If I would have dropped the N-bomb on them, oh, that would have been it. Curtis, hang it up. You might as well move out of New York City. You will be in exile. Anyway, as we play this Elton John Rejam, you know, he's on his final tour. And he was in Kansas City where he forgot exactly where he was. 
He's on his Depends tour. They claim it's the final farewell Yellow Brick Road tour. And he actually thanked the people. They said, thanks to Arkansas City. Arkansas City, man, you were in Kansas City. Now, was it Arkansas City in Kansas, which is about 225 miles away from Kansas City in Missouri? Or was it Arkansas City in Arkansas? And by the way, (laughs) there is a Kansas City, Kansas, and it is rough there like it is in Kansas City, Missouri, which used to be the home of the Purple Gang going way, way, way back in time. But you can tell that Elton John is in his final movements on his farewell Yellow Brick Road tour. I call it the Depends Tour. 1-800-848-9222. That's 1-800-848-WABC. And today is National Wear Red Day. Did you happen to know that, Bruce? National Wear Red Day. Red is the color of the Lunar New Year. And in fact, tomorrow, if any of you happen to be out in Flushing, You will see yours truly and the Guardian Angels marching in the annual Flushing Lunar Year Day Parade in tribute to the three years now we've devoted to protecting Asians who have been under attack. A 368% increase of Asian hate crimes. And we'll actually be leading the parade. The politicians who all squawk and talk and they... They have their rallies about anti-Asian hate crimes and what needs to be done about it. Do absolutely Jack Daly squat, but we, the guardian angels, who have blacks, whites, Hispanics, Asians, males, females, gays, straights, transgenders, the whole nine yards. We actually do something about it. But did you happen to know this is the National Wear a Red Day? And actually, what it's meant to do is give greater attention to heart disease, the leading cause of death in the United States. But then again, it's National Wear Red Day every day for Curtis Sliwa. Because I wear 24 red, 24 7, 365, and it happens to be the color of the Asian Lunar New Year. In fact, they give envelopes to one another in red with lots of moolah shmoolah, with lots of yen in it, with lots of ducats and cheddar. Uh, so as to make for a more prosperous new year. Our number is 1-800-848-9222. That's 1-800-848-WABC. But first, let's do a little weather check. Not so much in the five boroughs of the city of New York, but as if you head north and you head west, and definitely in certain parts in the northeast, the sleet was unbelievable. It was an ice dome as you went north through the Mid-Hudson Valley up to the Saratoga Springs area before you hit the uh, state capital in Albany and the surrounding areas, colony and such. Sheets and sheets of ice, you would have needed uh, TNT to crack the ice. You couldn't drive. You were slipping and sliding all over. It didn't make sense to bring out your snowblowing machine because it was just one sheet of ice. And there were spin-outs everywhere. Our number is 1-800-848-9222. That's 1-800-848-WABC. Give us an update on the icy conditions throughout the tri-state area that have led to many spin-outs, many accidents. Sort of reminds me many, many years ago. And this is uh, a road that constantly has, because it's well-paved, lots of patches of black ice that you can't see with the naked eye, especially at night. The Palisades Parkway, 
That's right, on the other side of the GW Bridge, as you head up towards Rockland County, and then eventually into upstate New York, that Palisades Parkway sometimes is a sheet of ice, all black ice. You can't see it. I remember coming back from Muncie and New City at a time where I was broadcasting on then. Yes, believe it or not, WLIR was not the FM station that it is now part of the Red Apple Media Empire. Uh, that station located out in the Hamptons, that's an FM station. Remember what FM stands for, the acronym. Freaking morons, feeble-minded, fornicating madly, free marijuana, and let's not forget Frank Morano. And the M is for Mongolooch and uh, Mameluk. But uh, WLIR is now positioned out in the Hamptons. At one point, Zeb Brenner of Talk Line Communication had WLIR, I think a two-watt station in Muncie and New City. And I would go up there every Tuesday night and do the program Ask the Gentile. And uh, I'll never forget, it was Shlomo, who was my board operator. Yes, he was like you, Bruce, my board operator. But he was also my phone screener. And everybody calling in from Muncie and New City and the surrounding areas, uh, they were speaking in Yiddish. Obviously, I don't know Yiddish, other than the few words I picked up in retail. Uh, Anybody who's ever worked Yiddish, uh, retail will know some good words in Yiddish and a lot of bad words in Yiddish. But I was able to pick up enough that I was able to answer their questions in English to Shlomo, who then translated it into Yiddish. And a lot of the guys would then break out and say, hey, how do you know what I was saying, Sleeve? And I'd say, hey, well, you work retail in New York City, you're bound to pick up a lot of Yiddish. And I remember on the way back, I was in a, uh, what was that, Jeep Cherokee. Back to Jeep Cherokee had been purchased by Rush Limbaugh, who was broadcasting at WABC at the time at 32nd and 7th, the 17th floor Madison Square Garden. He was down the hall. He had his nationally syndicated program. I was broadcasting locally. This is right after I was shot on the orders of the Gattis and Gambinos in June 19th and 1992 with five hollow point bullets. Luckily survived. Uh, and he bought uh, me a, a Cherokee Jeep to get me around because they still wanted a they wanted to finish the job, uh, and it was great. I had Moscow was my driver, a guardian angel from Russia, and we were coming back from WLIR going down the Palisades Parkway, and we spun around and around and around and around like a top. Lucky there was no traffic coming from the other direction. We went from one side of the Palisades Parkway to the other side. We had to go at least a 1,000 feet and just spun around like a top again. God must have been on my side because uh, we could have easily have been squashed and smashed. Then it reminds me of another time when Rudy Giuliani was running for the Republican nomination to be president of New York. He was in Iowa and I was organizing in Davenport, Iowa, the Guardian Angels, which is right on the river. And I had heard that Rudy was going to be giving a speech in nearby Fort Dodge. That's right. Fort Dodge. And I said to the Guardian Angels, let's go. Let's go see Michael Cheech." And I remember uh, as we were going out there, all of a sudden, it was inclement, snow and ice and sleet. And in the vehicle I was in, a van, we must have spun around about 52 times and just missed a 18-wheel tractor trailer smashing us to smithereens. Again, surviving icy situations. In order to see my Kumbhati Cheech, uh, who wasn't at his best that night in Fort Dodge, I got to acknowledge, he was talking all 9-11, 9-11, and that was... Uh, that was uh, the problem he had. He was ahead in the polls. 
Uh, and all he would talk was in the aftermath of the attack in 9-11 in America, pretty much it moved on. That was no longer the singular most prominent issue. And Rudy Giuliani crashed and burned in that Republican primary. If you remember, it was Romney who pulled away, and then it was uh, John McCain who pulled away, and Rudy had to pull out. 1-800-848-9222. That's 1-800-848-WABC. Let's go to uh, Chris, who's calling from the Catskills, Sullivan County. Is that the Irish Alps or the Jewish Himalayas, uh, Chris? Ulster County. Ulster County. More in civilization, Curtis. How are you? Sorry. Uh, Forgot the rules. Uh, got two inches of ice here. Now, now, hold on a second. Well, you're coming in a little broken up, Chris. Let me uh, just put him down there a second, Bruce. Try to... Uh, Try to get him readjusted because no doubt the ice situation there in Ulster County is impeding his ability to speak all to all of us. Uh, again, you do not ask me, how am I doing? That's the protocol. It's not the Robert Rules of Order that you would use in forensic debate. It's the Curtis Lewa rules of what callers have to do. Never ask me how I'm doing because you know what I'm going to say. I've had better days. Don't thank me for taking your call. All I keep doing, and everybody else who hosts uh, or is a hostess here at WABC, we solicit you to call us. We should be thanking you. You don't thank us. And if you think I happen to know who you are, think again. And then don't ever use that uh, that hackneyed phrase. Hey, first time call, a long time listener. Hey, oofa to you. Let's try to lift uh, Chris up here. Let's see if we've uh, improved, if we've soldered our connection here, Bruce. Uh, can you hear me loud and clear, Chris? Two inches of ice here, Curtis. Wow, two inches of ice. And how are you going to break through that? I'm in my car. I have no power, no heat. It's like 54 degrees in my house right now. Wow, you're in your car. You have no power. You have no heat. Yeah. Has anybody been notified who can come to your aid as you're in distress? Oh, no, no, no. I'm good. I have a brand new car, but relatively two and a half years old. But uh, I was going to check into a hotel room in Kingston, and they had no power in Kingston, also. Wow! So the- three hotel rooms on bonus points on my credit card, and I booked one. And I called to check, and their phone was out of order. And I called the uh, reservations department and canceled the reservation. It took a half hour to figure out they had no power. Also, this wow. was five o'clock. And this is from the ice uh, grouping up on trees, crashing into the power lines, causing the power lines uh, to drop, and then eliminating uh, electricity, uh, telephone service, and Wi-Fi, correct? Yes. Two football fields across from my house, there is a hilltop mountainous area that goes into the Asopus Creek. It's up maybe 500 feet elevation, and there's been trees dropping I'll be talking to a neighbor, and three trees will drop down in the forest in like a minute or two. And see, that, that, that's eight, that's why we transformers blow up, and I saw like thirty to forty trees go down today, at least. Yeah, that's why we promote Everett's tree removal. Everett's tree removal, because in situations like this, once things get back to, to normal, you're going to have all these trees. On people's property, some of them no doubt crashed in uh, to people's roofs or their patios or their garages or their play class windows. It's going to be an absolute mess. Am I correct on that, Chris? Yes, sir. Two of my best friends are in that industry. I've had a few uh, minor limbs come down. A little bit of limbs from uh, my property went down on my neighbors behind me. He didn't look too happy, but nothing got damaged, so... 
this is a wake-up call. I've never seen ice like this living in New York uh, 44 years of my life, you know. Now, you see, uh, our previous uh, hostess and host, uh, Rita Cosby, and I'm surprised at Dominic Carter because he lives up uh, in Rockland County, uh, that they didn't mention this, but it, it, it immediately came to mind that as powerful a station as we are in New York City, we're even more powerful in the tri-state area. And I know the area was clobbered with incredible amounts of ice. And that's why you have to shift gears. You can't just talk about what you want to talk about, what you came prepared to talk about. You got to talk about all the situations that are affecting our listeners like you, Chris. Can you repeat again where you are right now and what your dilemma is? So I am in Ulster County. I'm in Ulster County and it's 20 degrees here and my power's been out since uh, 1130. I saw it when it happened. I saw the trees catch fire when the transformer touched it. And I called 911, and I even talked to the Central Hudson guys from around six hours ago, just like a half mile from my house, uh, fixing another area, and I told them where to go to. They're having some issues at Central Hudson the uh, utility company, the public utility company for this part of New York State, they they don't have their communications network set up correctly. All right, so, I also heard they laid off a lot of uh, the uh, people that go out, the technicians and uh, the engineers within the company that uh, keep the things running and customer service employees. Well, now, Chris, uh, at this point, uh, you have no heat, no electricity in your house. You're in your car, brand new car, but it's uh, you have no heat in the car. Uh, I got plenty of heat. Okay, I and was watching TV out here before. I got one of those things where you can plug an outlet in. <laughs> and now, now though, I you... pick up four channels, Curtis, from all from Albany. Wow, wow! But now you're doing the right thing, which is listening to Curtis Sliwa, who's got his finger on the pulse. Well, I'm going to tell you this, Chris. Unlike that stunad. About four weeks ago, if you were listening on the other side of midnight to Frank Morano, people were stacked up back to back, belly to belly. Remember on I-95, it was one sheet of ice. There was no traffic moving. 18-wheel tractor trailers had jackknife. And this Pulitzer Prize winning author called in, stuck, a guy who lives in Greenwich, the gated community uh, on the New England Thruway where there's a gate when you take the exit and a select man meets you there with the lime green jacket, lime green pants, and the white, uh, the white shoes and determines if you are of the pedigree to let you in. A world-renowned Pulitzer Prize-winning author. And Frank Morano said, what do you expect me to do for you? <laughs> right? Right? So this, what we're going to do is... Uh, phone screener, please take uh, Chris's number. We're going to stay in touch with him. Get his address. And unlike Frank Morano, who acted like, what me worry? Alfred E. Newman of Mad Magazine. What we worry? Oh, what am I supposed to do? Oh, I'm going to send Molly there. Get out of here, Molly. We're going to stay on top of this in Ulster County. We're going to make sure that you, Chris, if you run out of gas, because this could go on for quite some time, uh, they were going to have a St. Bernard come there with the rescue with a nice rum jug. Do you like rum? <laughs> only I only drink tequila. You know, my friend Joe owns a liquor store. Give him a shout-out, Curtis. Joe Maloney's Liquors in Saugerty. Go buy from him. He's a county legislator. He could, I used to be good, one, too. Good, he actually beat me, and now we're friends. All right, Joe, Joe Maloney's Liquor Store. We give him a shout-out there. We give him a shout-out. 
You see, we provide service here on the weekend, other side of midnight. Was remember that Mama Luke Frank Morano? Remember how he left that world-class Pulitzer Prize-winning author adrift on I-95? Saying to the guy, what do you expect me to do? The guy was desperate for help. And he said, oh, I'll tell you what, I'll send Molly. Oh, <laughs> please. On my worst day. What a difference between the other side of midnight during the week, Monday through Fridays, when you can hear Frank Morano. He's on from 1 to 5. And then early Saturday morning, I'm on from 1 to 6. And then so nice, I come back Saturday afternoon, 2 to 4. I'll be able to tell you exactly what was happening at the annual Flushing Lunar Day Parade where the Guardian Angels are being honored for helping the Asian community for the past three years that have been under attack. 363% increase in anti-Asian hate crimes. And then immediately have to come back on the summer 7 train the John Rocker Express, in order to be here from uh, 2 to 4. And then in a few hours from then, 12 midnight to 6 in the morning, early Sunday morning. Max and uh, relax a little bit, although uh, that Sunday, where, where am I going that Sunday? That's right, Sunday I have a, another event to go to. Uh, and then uh, from 3 to 5, I'm on with Chris Hahn, the left versus the right, and then return from 9 to 1, uh, the 12 to 1 o'clock hour, the most... Uh, Actually, listen to and requested the many hours that I do on the weekend. I do about 22 hours where ABC, the acronym uh, always stands for Always Broadcasting Curtis, the Animal Welfare uh, Hour featuring my wife, Nancy, the Animal Rescuer, as we deal with all kinds of uh, animal issues. It's called Curtis's Ark, like Noah's Ark. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go, if we can, to uh, Steve. Who's calling from New York? Uh, your turn to be heard here on WABC, Steve. Hi, Curtis. Um, I've been on the phone for three days trying to get help with an alcohol problem. I, I, I. I now, Steve, uh, uh, who, who have you called? Who have you called during the three days? I've called every my 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 own insurance and everybody in the world in New York. All right, now question because uh, I'm gonna, I'm going to help now, Steve. Uh, what have you been drinking? I help. What have you been drinking? I drink uh, uh, Johnny Walker Red. All right. When's the last time you had a drink? Uh, five, seven hours. Right. I don't know. But but you see, you still, it shows you that you're a real lush. I, I don't mean that in a negative term, but you could have had a drink five to seven hours ago and still be showing the effects of not just that drink, but previously drinking. You understand? You're like, you're like, yes. a, you're like yes. a sponge that's absorbed all that alcohol. Have you ever tried to kick it? Curtis, I'm, uh, I'm uh, not a young guy. Well, how old are you? How old are you, Steve? 67. All right. Do you live by yourself? Yes. All right. Which part of town do you live? 
Whitestone. Okay, Whitestone. Uh, now, have you been to the hospital for alcohol poisoning? I... In the past, yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. But, they dried you out. They dried you out. But that's you're at that point now. Yeah, but I can't. I can't get that help anymore. Well, okay. The way that that's because because, I'm out of. I'm out of the union now. Understood. Understood. You're 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 out of pocket and uh, you have no means. I get it. I get it. So this is what I want you to do, Steve. Because you are going through the throes of alcohol poisoning. One drink five to seven hours ago, and it still had a negative impact on you. You could die from this. Do you understand? You understand? You hear this in my voice? Yeah, yeah, I do. And that's why I want to help you. So I want you to I want to get get all the information, phone screen of Steve, where he lives. Uh, I know a special unit that deals with people who have alcohol poisoning. That's exactly what he has. Now, imagine, here's a guy three days in a row. He's been trying to call people for help. Uh, 67 years old. That's my age. Could easily be me. Uh, If I had uh, an alcohol problem, if I was a lush. I certainly known enough lushes in my lifetime, but he's at that point where his body is toxic. He's had so much alcohol. It's what they call in a hospital when you go into the ER or the ICU. Uh, toxic alcohol poisoning. You could you could die from that. The body has just absorbed way too much. It's on overload, and he's got to dry out. He's got to be in a facility where they dry him out because he's not going to dry out himself. I mean, he's at the point, uh, if he had access to it, he would melt shoe polish, Esquire shoe polish, for the alcohol content. Uh, he would drink sherry. Uh, he would drink uh, shaving lotion. He would drink anything with alcohol contact in, content in it. He would take a sterno can and would uh, drink the remnants of that, which has some alcohol in it. I, I've seen people with such serious alcohol addictions. Vancouver, British Columbia in Canada probably being the most egregious where they have the drunk tank. They call it a drunk tank. They drive around and they pick up alcoholics who are passed out in the street who suffer from alcohol poisoning. Some of them are indigenous people, native Indians. They can barely take a drink or two before it becomes toxic for them. And others are blacks and whites and Hispanics, mostly whites. Uh, And they have what they call a drunk tank. We don't have that here anymore. We used to have it years and years ago. Uh, You'd see it especially in the Bowery which right now, just to get a parking space, you need a reverse mortgage. But back then, it was a sea of flop houses. Uh, you'd have the Salvation Army, uh, and then you have these flop houses, single-room occupancy hotels. You'd have these bars selling real cheap liquor. Uh, and then they'd have the uh, uh, liquor stores selling that 99-cent uh, Ernest and Julio uh, G uh, uh, chemical wine. It's a horrible situation, but he's got to dry out. And Steve has been down that road before. So we're going to try to help Stephen Whitestone. Uh, we're going to throw out that lifeline because uh, three days, still drinking straight. I guarantee you, you make it to a fourth or fifth day, that's it. Lights out. Lights out. Your body just uh, is on overload. 1-800-848-9222. That's 1-800-848-WABC. Radio 77.
Uh, I think they're still debating whether or not I was insensitive to that uh, truck driver who, not a truck driver, that driver that was stuck for 27 hours in Virginia. Uh, Curtis says he is going to be calling me and the vice president out for not sufficiently doing anything to help the people that were stranded on I-95. Check this out. No one knows New York better. The founder of the Guardian Angels, Curtis Lewa. And you can't compete against that. On 77 WABC. Original Cool in the Gang. Winter Sadness. And, uh, yeah, Frank Morano, we're not going to leave Chris and Ulster hanging like you left that Pulitzer Prize-winning author from Greenwich hanging on I-95 a month ago. He's still waiting for Molly to get there. Molly. The only Molly would have helped him is Molly to get him on the dance floor. Oh, yeah. Ugh. Anyway, uh, let's see who else we can contact who's uh, living in ice... Conditions to the point where it's almost impossible, impossible to get around. Trees have fallen. Electrical lines have fallen. You've lost your Wi-Fi. You've lost your electricity. You've lost almost everything. Let's go to Todd up in Orange County. Your turn to be heard here at WABC, Todd. Hey, Curtis. Um, talking about the, um, the ice up here, we got at least half an inch of ice. But we don't, I didn't lose anything. I kept my power, I have my computer, the whole nine yards. I was so thankful I didn't lose it compared to the gentleman up there. I saw those things on the news. I said, wow. Unbelievable. And uh, what uh, town in Orange County uh, you live in? I'm in New Windsor, right next to Newburgh. Oh, the Camden on the Hudson. Yeah. Have a nice weekend, Curtis. Oh, oh hold on a second. Hold on a second. See, the moment I bring up, uh, he's gone. The moment I bring up Newburgh, right, he gets nervous. Because I can tell you there, the lead ain't, the lead ain't stopping from being fired across from one side uh, of the uh, gin mills on Broadway to the other side. Oh, no. Newburgh is tough stuff. You could use a bulletproof body condom there walking down the streets of Broadway to the Hudson River. But you notice how bad it is. And like I said, we're going to stay in touch with Chris uh, from Ulster. We're going to stay in touch with the uh, guy with the alcohol problem in Whitestone. We're going to get him help. You see, that's what we do here at WABC. It's not just meant to talk about what we want to talk about. True Talk Radio, we talk about the things you want to talk about. We don't come in here with a uh, 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 pre-described format. This is theater of the mind. This is a stream of consciousness. And nobody does this kind of talk radio except for yours truly. Let's go to Billy uh, calling from uh, Central Park. Uh, What's uh, the conditions out there, Billy? Curtis, Mr. Review Mirror, you, you have such a great memory. Where were you three years ago? Right now, this week, I was calling in every day. Crime was spotted out of control. Before COVID, before George Floyd, you and Juliet Hardy every day rushing collusion. 
That's true. That's true. But Billy, yeah. Billy was on Am his. Am I a prophet or what? Am I a prophet or what? Yes, you are a prophet. In fact, you who are on a uh, Schwinn Big Chief bicycle riding around the city. I think you live in Queens, right? Yes, sir. Right over the yeah, yeah. Yeah, and uh, I would see you everywhere. You are like a, a messenger, a prophet, a Paul Revere on your bicycle. I respect you 100%. But let me tell you something. I was the one pounding away. And let me tell you now, it, it, it's over. Crime is going to spiral out of control. There's nothing we can do. Well, I tell you what, Billy, having seen you there, you look a little bit like Bernie McGurk. You know, you got the, the baldy. Uh, you're strong. You're in good shape. Uh, you remind me a lot. I like, like him. I know you might not like him, but you look a little bit like him. And, and guess what? Uh, according to Eric Adams, you're a cracker, Billy. I'm not Eric Adams. Listen, <laughs> this guy. They, you know, you know the story, Curtis. You, 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 you're the ultimate in crime fighting. If a bad guy's a bad guy, he's got to go. He's got to go behind bars. But if you start saying, listen, he's Irish, he's Irish like me, he's Polish like this guy, or and you make excuses, we're done. Billy, we're done. Billy, 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 you got to understand, we have one thing in common. Me, you, Bernard McGurk, we're crackers, according to Eric Katz. See, I have my cellophane crackers here. And I always put my soup. Uh, but I don't think these were the crackers that Eric Adams was talking about. By the way, I, I've yet to be ever in my entire life when having a nice bowl of chicken soup, chicken rice soup, chicken vegetable soup, chicken puree. Been ever, I've never been able to get a cracker completely out of the cellophane bag without cracking up. Maybe somebody knows the trick to that. 1-800-848-9222. That's one 800 848-WABC. Let's go to Mike in Irvington, New Jersey. Your turn to be heard here at WABC, Mike. Hey, Curtis. How you doing? Mike, Irvington, New Jersey, Clinton. Hold on a second, Mike. You see the rules. The rules. I got to tell you. I don't know. I got to get out of here. I got to get out of here. Uh, when you call me, because the rest of these Gavones, these hosts and hostesses, uh, they have no rules and regulations. They lay the callers, walk all over them. Uh, Mike, you never asked me how am I doing because I'm going to tell you I've had better days. Kabish, Kabish, Mike. You're going to tell me, you're going to tell me, I've had better days. That's right. That's right. So you, you, you learned your lesson, right, Mike? Yes, sir. And you'll make the same freaking mistake the next time you call up. Hey, Curtis, thank you, man, the way you helped that other guy out. Ah, that's what I'm about. A lot of people, a lot of people don't understand, they don't get it. Thank you for what you do. No more, no less. No, that's uh, Mike. York, Mike, that's the power. Them- that's the power of radio. Is that people will listen who are in desperate need. They're living by themselves. We are their family. We are their extended family. And at times when they're in a critical situation, uh, the radio can be of tremendous help to them. If uh, our other host or hostess would use it in that capacity in such instead of just talking about whatever they want to talk about, there are really a lot of people in need, and many of them listen intently to the radio because it is the most um, it is the most intimate form Reasonable. of communication. Well, with that said, 
Thank you very much. And the people of New York made a mistake by not making you the mayor. Well, it's looking increasingly like that each and every day. Let me ask you a question. How's it in Irvington? Because, man, that is like crime central. Curtis is sad out here. It's real sad. You know what? Most people respect the police, and it's real sad because everybody suffers. Yeah, Irvington, East Orange, South Orange Avenue in Newark. I mean, those are like... uh, Lincoln Motel. I remember when you used to go running back to the train station. That's right. (laughs) That's right. But I got to tell you, Mike, uh, that area, Irvington, East Orange, and South Orange Avenue in Newark, um, I mean, we're talking some of the roughest, toughest places in America. But the best people in the world, though. In fact... You remember the time in Irvington when a black bear got loose and was running through? In the trees in Irvington Park. That's right, in Irvington Park. And all the tough guys, right, with their nine millimeters fully loaded, went running for their <laughs> lives. Running for their lives. Curtis, thank you for what you do. Oh, you know, no There's problem. A lot of people. Listen, heartfelt. I'm talking about from the people to the cats. To New York City, they made a mistake by not putting you in place. Yeah, well, they, you know, Mike, they should have elected the Cracker Man. Should have been Eric Adams versus the Cracker Man with the Red Beret. And we're going to be discussing that coming up. Oh, uh, let me tell you. So when I heard that, I said, can you imagine if that was me referring to black cops with the N-bomb? You think... You think I would have been given a second chance? Hell no. Let's go to Benjamin. Is this true? Uh, calling from the land down under. Is this true, Benjamin? Yeah, hi. Yeah, where are you calling from? Uh, I'm calling from my boat. So I just got my boat, and it's pretty exciting. I'm here with my son. He's spending his first night on the boat in a few hours. Wow. And which and which area I'm, of Australia are I'm, you calling from? So it's near Palm Beach, kind of just north of Sydney. All right. I'm familiar. I've been to Sydney. I've been to Melbourne. I've been to Brisbane. I've been to Perth. Uh, I've been around Australia. Yeah. Well, did you like it? Oh, I loved it, but it was like being in the 1950s. I mean, I'm I'm on a a highway trying to get to Brisbane uh, from Sydney And there was some wombats and some kangaroos in the roadway, and nothing moved. Nothing. Yeah. Yeah, I've seen a dead wombat on the road before. I'm I'm, I'm a little bit worried right now because the diesel engine was blowing like white smoke. So I'm worried if that's like a problem, like if I bought a bad motor or something. Now you're in lockdown there in Australia. It's like nobody can do anything, right? No, it's just like now everyone, they want you to wear the mask. So I just go in and say that I have an exemption, which actually I wrote. Ah, you you use technology, right? Yeah, you just tell them you you have an exemption and you tell them the truth, but you don't tell them that you wrote the exemption. And I'll just let that fly. You should try that over there. Now, I will tell you, having been there... What has probably immunized many of the Aussies from the COVID-19, you put it on a cracker, it's called Vegemite. Yeah. Vegemite is the worst imaginable marmalade that has ever been created. It was created in America by Kraft Company. 
They couldn't sell it here. So they pawned it off on you Australians. And now you Australians, you love it. You can't get enough Vegemite. That's what people say about Paris Hilton. Yep. Yep. Now, how did you happen to come upon WABC Radio all the way in Australia? Um, well, Bill O'Reilly's on it, so I just want to shout out to Bill. I think he's in very good shape for his age. Um, he's looking good. I love Bill O'Reilly. Ah, you love Bill O'Reilly, who's on from 9 to 10 at night, right before Rita Cosby, and he's on at 12 noon with a 15-minute update, and he's on with the boys in the morning, Sid and Bernie, uh, with a, a smaller update. But you see, our owner-operator... John Katzmatidis wants uh, WABC to be a worldwide radio network, and he's achieving that each and every day because you're listening in Australia. They they should give me half an hour once a month or an hour, and I'll work for free. Well, I tell you what, Benjamin, you stay on the line because I, I know all about Australia. I've had the Guardian Angels there in Sydney. They hated us there, the government. And we tried to do it uh, in Brisbane. They hated us there in Brisbane. Uh, then uh, the one city they definitely needed in Melbourne, they hated us there. Oh, it was a prison prisoner colony, right? It's like like this stuff didn't stink. Uh, stay on the line, uh, phone screen, and please get all of Benjamin's pertinent information, his email address, his phone number, if he's got a Facebook connection. And who knows? Our owner-operator, John Katsimatidis, who wants to have a worldwide network, might have him on half an hour a month, I think he said, from the land down under, because this guy loves Bill O'Reilly. Benjamin listens to WABC in Australia, little south of Sydney, because he loves Bill O'Reilly. Anyway, uh, let's uh, go, if we can, to uh, Carol who's calling from New Jersey. Your turn to be heard here at WABC, Carol. Hi there, Curtis. Um, yeah, I hear um, like a reverberation in the background <laughs> when I'm speaking to you, so I don't know what's going on with the station. Uh, I, hear, I hear an echo. Oh, no, no, no. No, no, you hear an echo. Uh, uh, echo in your mind? No, uh, I, no. When I speak to you, I hear myself speaking. <laughs> well, well, you know, you know why that is. Uh, what kind of fillings do you have in your teeth, Carol? I don't have any fillings in my teeth. I have perfect teeth. Oh, perfect teeth! You see, that's the problem. The enamel uh, attracts, <laughs> absorbs. It really does. If you had uh, fillings, uh, whether they were the old-style fillings, the lead fillings, which could cause you uh, permanent brain damage. They put them silver ones in. Yeah, That's what I heard. Yeah, silver and, ones. Uh, they're fitting yeah. me now for a gold tooth. I'm getting a gold tooth to replace uh, the tooth in the front of my mouth that was knocked out many years ago. Uh, yeah. So I want to know, do you think I should have a, a solid gold tooth, or, or should I have uh, oh? <laughs> Should I have, like, a, a bridge put in? What do you think? Why, why can't you get an implant? Nah, it, it hasn't taken. It, it doesn't work. keeps okay. falling out, so I have to have a solid gold tooth. Now, you know what that means. Uh, yeah. With inflation going up and the price of an ounce of gold going up, I'm going to have to fight for my life because 
uh, some of the oh, thugs yeah, no. out there are going to try to pull that gold tooth right out of my mouth. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Okay. You know, I, I was calling because my sister and I had a very good friend who lived in England for many years, and she had a great job, and she she was a total alcoholic. She could not control her behavior yep. whatsoever. And she almost died on one occasion. And you, and, you know something, Carol, I, I hope you would give advice, because I know you call Frank Morano on the other side of Midnight, who loves his wine and cheese, his fromage, and let him know, like the evil seed of Kim Jong mentally ill, behind the kimchi curtain of North Korea, he too could get gout. Yeah, you get gout from that. You know, that, uh, not that low-fat cheese, you know, like cottage cheese, which I don't think Frank Morano would eat. You know, that cheddar cheese, that high-end cheese he loves, uh, high-fat cheese. And you drink, and you can get gout. That's just what the evil seed of Kim Jong mentally ill has had. He's lost 40 pounds. Although, looking at Frank Morano lately, he's gained like 40 pounds. Anyway, let's go to Lou in Long Island. Uh, your turn to be heard here at WABC, Lou. Yes, good evening, uh, Curtis. Uh, uh, my delicious... So to cure your dilemma of crumbling crackers, you need a gentleman's pocket knife oh. to cut open the cellophane. All right, so I have in front of me, Lou. Now you're doing it wrong. Okay, I didn't open it up yet. I didn't know, but I have a second one but here. you crumbled it. No, no, they're not crumbled yet. They're still, they're still uncrumbled. I just so how want, are you going to open them? Well, that's that's my dilemma because the moment you open them, a and let's see, gentleman's say, pocket knife. A gen- yeah, but you see, I don't carry weapons. I'm a guardian angel. I am talking about a je- I'm talking about a two inch pen knife. A two inch pen knife. Now remember, used to be when we were a kid, if the knife were four fingers or more, you were going yes. to get locked up. You know, if the cops found a right. knife on you. Especially a switchblade. That was it. You were oh, going yeah. to jail. Switchblade, boom. Curtis, I'm of the era where I bought, I brought a pocket knife to school every day, and it was no problem. <laughs> ah, well, let me tell you something. Switch, Why is that funny? Because if it were a switchblade, which it o- opens no, up. No, I said a pocket knife. Oh, no, a no. nine Boy Scouts pocket knife. I was never a Boy Scout. You see, I, I, I did, neither was I, but I had a Boy Scout's knife. <laughs> now, did you ever have a JD card? No, sir. That's a juvenile delinquent card. They give that my to you. My father would have kicked my. I can't say it. Well, if you got caught with a switchblade and you were a juvenile delinquent, they give you a JD card at the precinct, kick your ass, and tell you, don't ever carry that switchblade again. Curtis, you're convoluting what I'm saying here. I am saying a gentleman's pocket knife. But I'm not a gentleman. It doesn't matter. You can pretend. No, that's one thing. I'll never pretend to be a gentleman. (laughs) You think I'm gentle? I'm gentle? If I were to give you one of my finest pocket knives and you were to use it to open up your cellophane on the crackers, we would consider you a gentleman. Oh, that's an interesting proposition. Now, uh, as you know, in the next hour, I'm going to be talking about why I am a cracker. 
according to Eric Adams. I love crackers in my soup. Oh, yeah. Now, animal crackers? Did you ever have animal crackers in your soup? No, I, I like the saltines. Okay, saltines. Now, what about if you have high blood pressure? You can't have the saltines. You have to have the plain, right? I guess that would be true. Ah, and you can't slurp your soup. You can't slurp Says your who? soup. Well, I'm telling you, the worst thing that could happen on a date, right? Yeah, you're with a hot to trot, drop dead gorgeous young lady. You got high levels of testosterone. You can barely control yourself. And you order bowls of sloop, a soup. And the first thing the young lady does is. Oh, then I dump her. Oh, my God. What a guy won't that. What, what a boorish. Yes, that's, that's, that's a, that's, yeah, that's, that's a, that's a date ender. Oh, you know who does that, Lou? You know who uh, slurps his soup? No, I do not. Frank Morano. Oh, come on. Yeah. Now. What do you think? He's a gavon? Yeah, at the Colonnade Diner, which is right on Highland Boulevard. I've had many sit-downs with him there. He orders soup always. You know, he wants to know what chicken soup, chicken rice, chicken noodle, plain chicken, and then he puts uh, he puts the napkin on because he you know he slobbers on, on himself you know over his shirt, and then he slurps the soup. And I'm saying now to myself, now how did he apply the crackers? Uh, no, he, he he doesn't eat the crackers. Does not eat the oh, crackers. Okay. You know he's a dunker. He takes uh, Italian bread and he dunks. You know old style okay, Italians. Kind of like uh, you know tuna fish sandwich and tomato soup. Yeah. Exactly. You you dunk the tuna fish sandwich in with the tomato yeah, nothing soup. Nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that at all. In fact, it adds to the flavor, right? Absolutely, because tuna fish is pretty gross to begin with. Uh, it can be. It depends. If it's the Italian tuna fish, it's a lot better than the bumblebee oh, or the uh, starfish. You're, you're talking the toto and oil. Oh, is that? Oh, uh, well, yeah, but uh, I forget about it. Yeah, it's like $4 a can. Yeah, it's worth it. It's worth it. It's, that's like a meal. That's like a meal. That's gourmet tuna. Well, I have to say, Curtis, I have never, I've never had it. I've always done, done the bumblebee chicken and the uh, crap. Let me tell you, this is what you do. You get the Italian imported tuna. You get uh-huh. a, a nice loaf of Italian bread. You smear it on. You don't have to put anything on. You don't have to put the peppers. You, don't, know, you don't use mayo on that. No, God. No. Oh, oh, my no, God. That's, that's a sin. That's like putting mayo on a <laughs> corned beef sandwich. You don't do that. I'm gagging. Exactly. But now, I'm can, gagging. I, can you imagine this? We're at the Colonnade Diner, the the number one diner in all of Staten Island. Everybody who's anybody goes here on Highland Boulevard. And you can see Frank there slurping his chicken soup with his napkin on to make sure he doesn't slurp it all over his shirt. All right. Well, you know, that doesn't make him a bad person. No, but people, they move away from you when you slurp your, <laughs> you slurp your soup. I mean, come on. Let it go on. What, what, what are they afraid? They're going to get sprayed? Yeah. And not only that, a young lady, you know, really nice, good personality. You're, you're, you're having that. Well, urge. I've never met one of those. Oh, well, wait, you, you're going to meet them. Uh, the urge to merge when you're a teenager because you haven't really been exposed to many women at that time. So you figure, wow, this is my uh, my little angel. And then all of a sudden you go to the diner. She orders some soup and she starts slurping it. Oh, my God. You want to leave her right there. Yeah, you basically uh, you would. go. Curtis, you, I would. You go right to, to where the maitre d' is. You say, I'll tell you what. I'll pay you right now. I'll give you a tip. I'm getting the hell out of here. 
Tell her I went to the bathroom. Exactly. Oh, my God. There's nothing that would break your heart more. than I don't know how Rachel deals with it. You know, she goes to the Colony Diner. Rachel, a refined woman, pedigree. You know, she comes from Long Island. Somehow she gets bamboozled to move to the South Shore of Staten Island. And she's sitting opposite Frank uh, Frank Morano, and he's slurping his chicken uh, his hey, chicken you know what, soup. Dad, Curtis, I think you're being a little rough on uh, on Frank here. Hey, I think you're really you're really getting on him. You know, he seems to be a nice guy. Yeah, well, we have but something in we, we have something in common, Lou. Lou, you, I, and Frank Morano have something in common. We're all Italian. No, we're crackers. Ah. According to Eric Adams, we are crackers, and he, he it's not the same. That as, is despicable. It's not the same as if we called him the N-bomb. Oh, no. He, right, I know. I know they uh, they get away with it, and I can't say the N-word because I'd be vilified. Gone. You crucified, drawn, and crucified quartered. Crucified is more, yeah. Dead, you'd have to move to Australia. I'd love to. And then all of a sudden, in the outback, they'd find you there and string you up. That's okay. Me and the kangaroos. That's right. And the wombats. Let's not forget them. No wombats and the emus. And the koala bears. Uh, Oh, I love the koala bears. Aren't they cute? Nancy must love them. They're always stoned, eating the eucalyptus leaves. Eucalyptus. Hey, well, they they live a a beautiful life. I know, but they're always uh, pooping, too, while they're eating the eucalyptus uh, leaves up in the tree. Well, who cares? It's falling down. Who sees it? They look totally stoned. Like hippies. Anyway, up next, I'm a cracker, you're a cracker. Did Eric Adams uh, apologize to all of us? Not. Check this out. No one knows New York better. The founder of the Guardian Angels, Curtis Lewa. And you can't compete against that. On 77 WABC. family affair here at WABC on the weekends, according to our owner and operator, John Katsimatidis, the acronym WABC stands for Always Broadcasting. And there are three of us here in the studio. It's Bruce, uh, who's uh, at the controls, Camelia, who is the uh, phone screener, and then there's me, the cracker man. They're not crackers or crackerettes. They're a brother and a sister, but I'm the lone cracker here tonight. It's a family affair. And I'm, uh, I'm thinking from Sly and the Family Stone. Since uh, this is the farewell Yellow Brick Road tour, maybe you can get Elton John to sing singer rendition instead of I'm a rocket man, I'm a cracker man. Because Elton John is a cracker. In fact, when you're a cockazoid, Caucasian, when you're a snow bro, uh, you are a cracker. And in fact, a tape surfaced of Eric Adams, Brooklyn Borough President, right before he was to announce that he was going to run for the mayoralty of the city of New York against uh, Democrats in the Democratic primary. 
He was at a uh, Harlem Black Council business meeting. He's a businessman and businesswoman in Harlem. Most of them are black. Uh, some of them are Hispanic, but most of them are black. And I want you to check out our mayor, who didn't mind calling cops crackers. Every day in the police department, I kicked those crackers' ass, man. I was unbelievable in the police department. Uh, that's the short version. Do we have the long version there, Bruce? Uh, I hate it, truncated. Well, what did Dominic give me the uh, shortened edition to try to save uh, his friend Eric Adams? I need the longer edition anyway. You look for that. But give me, give me that that one more time. The the shortened edition there, Bruce. If you can play that shortened edition for me. Every day in the police department, I kicked those crackers' ass, man. I was unbelievable in the police department. So basically he was saying there at the top of his diatribe that it was kicking those white cops' asses. Oh, you have the long version, the one that Dominic Carter hit, right, because he's protecting his fellow brother because, you know, he wants access. You know, uh, Eric Adams is the mayor now. I know, I I notice uh, everyone's getting real close except for Sid and Bernie. They know the real deal about Eric Adams. So anyway, let's play the longer edition of Eric Adams, and listen to what? What else he has to say? Every day in the police department, I kicked those crackers out, man. I was unbelievable in the police department when he just went up to black law enforcement. Okay, the sergeant, a lieutenant, and the captain, you know the story. Some people all of a sudden trying to reinvent me, but the reality is what I was then is who I am now. I'm called again. So it's so interesting. I'm coming right after the sister talking about um, uh, cannabis. I would rather wear white all day, grow a beard, smoke some weed, and leave this stuff alone. <laughs> you hear me? Man, these that wake up every day and don't like themselves, yeah. they're going to beat me up. The people who say, where's our real black leaders, they're going to say, listen, who's Eric? You know, why does Eric think he should be mayor? Well, no, you run. You run. Go raise the $7 million. You know, go do this hit. Let me tell you something, man. They are lining up. Eric can't be mayor. In the corners of the city, they are lining up. They know me. They know what I'm about, and they know what I'm going to do as the mayor of the city of New York. Listen, we're not going to play this game. We're taking 30% off the top of MWBEs. Not saying give it to a majority company to pass through. No, we're going to take the 30% off the top. Y'all have your 70%. The 30% is going to go straight to the women in minority-owned business. Hmm. Gonna smoke some weed. <sighs> what I was then, I am now. What he was in the early 1990s was a follower of Scooey Louis Farrakhan and the Nation of Islam. So what I was then, I am now. Crackers. Yeah, that was him. Uh, and some of the people who were in attendance came to his defense. They said, well, that's black speak. Black speak? Oh, what about if it's white speak and in a, in a business meeting of Caucasoids, Caucasians, white people, 
the speaker up front was Curtis Sliwa, and he was kicking the N-bomb, talking about black police officers who he's come across who gave him a hard time. What do you think would happen to me, ladies and gentlemen? What the hell do you think would happen to me? This, this video started to circulate Tuesday. The media only picked up on it Friday, which gave him enough time to compose a response in which he did his mea copus, his mea copus, his mea maxima copus. Our number is 1-800-848-9222. That's 1-800-848-WABC. But I have a feeling that our mayor, he don't like white people. Remember? When he was at the uh, National Action Network gathering of Al Slim Shady Sharpton. And I believe it was a year prior to the recent uh, commemoration of Martin Luther King. And he was telling those hipsters and millennials to go back to Iowa. Go back to Iowa. You go back to Ohio. New York City belongs to the people. Is that black speak? Uh, aren't that many black folks in Iowa, one of the whitest states in America? Translate it, you white hipsters and millennials who came from Iowa where there are more pigs and people, Idaho where there are more potatoes and people, go back. Now, can you imagine if I had stood on the stage of, let's say, an Italian organization? And I had said, yo, you black people, go back to Africa. Go back to the West Indies. That would be it. It would be over. Right or wrong? Of course it would be over. So he's got two strikes now. He told white people to go back to Iowa. He was forgiven. He called white police officers that he worked with crackers, and that would mean Bo Dito, who kisses his ass every time he's on with Bernie and Sid. Hey, Bo, how do you like being called a cracker, Bo? Naturally, he's going to, oh, Eric really didn't mean, you know, of course, of course, you're going to make excuses. Well, would you have made excuses for me if I had dropped the N-bomb? Of course not. Let's go to Peter uh, calling from Harlem, USA. Your turn to be heard here at WABC, Peter. And I find it I find it offensive what Eric did, but Curtis, I also find it offensive what you did when you tried to bring down the police report. And with the help of Giuliani, you buried those uh, records of the fact that you set up fake kidnappings. Now, comment, please. Oh, my comment is: uh, Did I ever drop the the N bomb? Talking about guys that make mistakes. No, no, no. Well, wait a second. You call white cops crack. No, I, no, I asked you about your mistake. Well, no, no, I've admitted that. We, no, no, you didn't never come oh, out yes, and I say did, I Peter. lied. No, no, I admitted that. It was all in the campaign. What are you talking about, No, no, Peter? you never talked about the fact that you use your wife. A man doesn't use his woman to try to further his career. And you're basically a creep. Yo, Peter. Peter. Oh, see, you hung up. That's an Eric Adams supporter, no doubt. 
he used what we call in the streets tricknology. I mean, can I hear the shortened version again, the the original one you played, Bruce? I mean, look, I want to give him the benefit of the doubt. But I think I know what cracker means. In fact, if there's anybody out there who actually knows what cracker means, and I'm not talking about what I put in my soup. Could you please explain to me, because I think I know what the N-bomb means, and I think I know what cracker means, but maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. Every day in the police department, I kicked those crackers' ass, man. I was unbelievable in the police department. (laughs) And here they are. We support Eric Adams. Bo Dito and the rest of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He says he kicked your asses. He called you crackers. But naturally... Eh, forgive and forget, right? I never forgive. I never forget. You all know that. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Karen in Rockland. Your turn to be heard here at WABC, Karen. Hey, Lou. I like, I like, oh, I like oyster crackers in my soup. <laughs> <laughs> oyster crackers, that's right. And in fact, now, now, wait a second, because oyster crackers are used specifically for what soups, Karen? Cream soups, usually. That's mm-hmm. right. Clam, right? Clam soup. Which I'm allergic to. I can't eat clam chowder. Oh, is that because that's trafe, right? <laughs> but also the Japanese like to slurp their soup. <laughs> Did you know that? They, they like to slurp their soup. Yeah, no, no, no. The, they, they like their miso soup. Their miso soup. They love that. And then uh, I have to tell you the time that I won the sushi eating championship of the Lower East Side of Manhattan. <laughs> you see that? See that, Karen? I gave you a good belly laugh, didn't I? <laughs> yeah, my belly's getting bigger and bigger, too. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's getting bigger and bigger. But, hey, let's... About Eric Adams, um, I just find the Democrats, you know, they're so used to name-calling that it's like second nature to them, and they don't... They don't think how it affects people. Even like this comment with Whoopi Goldberg the other day. You know, they say things and then they make it sound like they're sorry that they said it, but they say it, you know? Yeah, well, you know, but Karen, you and I, I have the saltine crackers and you have the, what was that? She said the oyster crackers, right? The oyster crackers. Boston, what kind of soup is that? What's that? Boston. I hate everything in Boston, so I, I've developed a memory block on that. Oyster crackers, that's right. Who could forget that? I wonder if um, Eric Adams thought of me as an oyster cracker, a saltine cracker, a plain cracker, or just a plain old cracker. By the way, nobody has come up with the meaning of cracker because I'm sure it must have different meanings because Eric Adams, he is an intelligent man. He would know what he was saying. Let's go to Joe in the Bronx. Your turn to be heard here at WABC, Giuseppe. Hey, Curtis. Pleasure to speak to you again. Uh, Curtis, I spoke to you before. I fired NYPD. I don't know why. Hold on, sir. Let's try to uh, get a better contact from Joe. I notice as we go north with our discronificator, the Bronx, uh, as we went up to Orange County, and we went up to Ulster County. Uh, it's um, our connections are breaking up. Now, it may well be because of the ice. 
that is lingering on the Wi-Fi. Many of you don't realize that it clings to the Wi-Fi. Although I will tell you this, you have resisted in Westchester and in Orange County and in Ulster uh, burying the uh, telephone lines. I've said it over and over. Your cable lines are buried. Your sewage is buried. Your water lines are buried. Why don't you bury the telephone lines? I mean, it just makes sense because the moment the telephone pole crashes down, it pulls down all the electricity in the area, all the telephone connections, the Wi-Fi, the whole nine yards. Uh, Let's see if we've uh, straightened Joe out. Joe, uh, are you with us there in the Bronx? I'm with you, Curtis. Okay, much better. Much better, Giuseppe. Thank you, Curtis. Um, Again, I spoke to you before. All right, NYPD. Um, It's no surprise that this man has been divisive his whole career. Uh, He was anti-stop and frisk, the UF-250s, and he has always had... Uh, losing that connection, Joe. If you can call back from a more stationary connection, we're having problems. Our callers from Orange, Ulster, Westchester, the Bronx. I don't know what it is. It Maybe it's icing up on the Wi-Fi. I, I know it sounds impossible. Like, how does it ice up the Wi-Fi? It can. In fact, if somebody uh, can go over to Bada Bing, uh, the strip club next to uh, our Tower of Power, the 50,000 powerful watts of sound in Lodi, New Jersey, and get Dan out of there. You know, he's getting brumskis and he's getting lap dances. Uh, maybe uh, he can figure out why there's ice on the Wi-Fi going up to the mid-Hudson Valley, up to the original capital of New York State, Kingston, before it became Albany. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Paul calling from uh, Staten Island. Your turn to be heard here at WABC, Paul. Hi, Curtis. Yes, Paul. How's things? Hmm. I'm going to give you a pass I on that, Paul. I, I, that was close. It was close. But no <laughs> but no, but no uh, DeNoble cigar for you. Listen, you should have been the mayor, Curtis. Yeah, well, I would have been the cracker mayor. Exactly. Now, do you, okay. do you happen to know what the term cracker means? Because I've been hearing some of the brothers say, Curtis, you don't know what you're talking about. That, uh, no, no, no. It, it ain't the same thing as the N-bomb. It's similar. Uh, from what I understand, it's from when the slave master used to crack the whip. And that's why they called him a cracker. Ah, oh, okay. I, I can buy some of that. I can buy okay. some. I can buy some of that. Uh, Paul, we'll add that to our thesaurus uh, of possible terms here. Uh, we're getting a few responses here uh, to Eric Adams' apology for calling uh, his former white police officer colleagues crackers. Uh, a guy texted in. He's not sorry. He's only sorry that it came up. <laughs> Oh, wait, here's a good one. Uh, That's not racism, it's bigotry. The difference is racism has a system behind it. Hmm, that's a bit of a sophisticated NPR-ish answer. And then uh, finally, someone is texted me, no, because if it was a white mayor saying this about black cops using the N-word, they would be arrested for hate crimes and terroristic threats. So no, it wouldn't be an apology. You would be in jail. 
But if you're black, that's when an apology is accepted. Ah, that's intense. So imagine if I had won as mayor and I had dropped the N-bomb. He's right, I'd be charged with a hate crime, a terroristic threat against people of color. Uh, I could do my I could do my stations of the cross. I could apologize ad nauseum. It wouldn't matter. There's a good chance I go to jail. Anyway, let's go to Anthony calling from Brooklyn. Your turn to be heard here at WABC, Anthony. Hi, Curtis. It's good to it's it's hello. I'm getting. I'm sorry. It's um. <laughs> See, you, you almost you, oh, you almost messed up. You kept yourself from crossing over the Maginot Line, Anthony. Hello. No, no, Curtis. I'm still here. Yeah, no, no, I, I hear you. I hear you, Anthony. Uh, anyway, you know this 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 thing with uh, what, what he said about cracker. You know, you know, it, it's a whole thing. Like the one guy said about uh, regarding uh, slave times. You know, the whites were considered crackers because they cracked the whip on the blacks. That, you know, Eric Adams is disgusting. I can't believe they elected him. Well, he got elected. He's the mayor. Uh, he's not going to lose his job because he used, used the term uh, cracker. Like I said, he's uh, he's not sorry. He's only sorry that it came up at this time. Yeah. I mean, look, yeah, I look. He, uh, if he would speak frankly, which he won't, because when you're a yeah. politician, everything you keep close to the vest. He would say yeah. to you uh, what Al Sharpton would say, who in the past has used that terminology when referring to whites. That that's yeah. black speak. That's not meant for you, Anthony. That's only meant in private conversations uh, between African Americans. But when you hear it, you uh, take offense to it, umbrage to it. But that's just black speak. It's almost like uh, Sleewanics. You know, I created a language uh, in which I uh, use fractured phrases, malaprop spoonerisms. I botulized the English language. I felt it was ebonics. Why not come up with Sleewanics? Ebonics is no longer around, and every time I'm on the radio, you're subjected to Sleewanics. Anyway, our number is 1-800-848-9222. That's 1-800-848-WABC. Let's go to Melvin in the Bronx. Uh, Your turn to be heard here at WABC, Melvin. Yes, yes. Um, Mayor Adams never had a honeymoon period. As we studied uh, archives, because that's what we go to school for, to um, learn the lesson of the past to minimize mistakes in the future. Because elders have a saying that common sense is got not common. And the, only, the one constant is that is, is change, the ability to adapt to it. Unfortunately, a whole lot of people is not available to change. Grasping that particular concert right there, a whole lot of people is not comfortable with the concert of Eric Adams of being married to city of New York. He's going to be there for the next three plus to the next election. Get accustomed to it. And as far as the crime rate in the city of New York, it's been here for decades. Since 1844, when NYPD was formed. And when we read Sam U. Babble, the first black police officer appointed in 1909, we understand exactly what's going on in this city of New York. This situation been here for years. The uh, only way you go going to resolve it is put the truth in the curriculum and the educational system and go after these so-called whatever you want to call them criminals. Now, all I hear is a whole lot of rampant and raving and no solutions. 
Now, Melvin, you think uh, the mayor should have been using that term crackers? Uh, have you ever been with anybody who got 100 every test they did and never made a mistake in life? Well, of course. We all make mistakes, Melvin. Good. So get live with it and get by it and we move on. But wait a second. Melvin, if uh, fate had been that I got elected mayor and not Eric Adams and I had used the N-bomb, what would have happened to me? Why don't you go talk to George Wallace? He's dead. Thank you. Oh, so what else you want to know? He's in the archives reading about what he did after he lost his first election. So, wait a second, Melvin. You mean I'd be dead? No, you won't be dead. But look what he did to win the next time he ran for election and what he utilized. And then when he finally, whatever he got, and started apologizing for his free behavior, oh, yes, it's acceptable, but you want to keep on jumping on Mr. Adams. Oh, come on with it. No, I just asked you a simple question, Melvin. If the Ferragamo shoes that he wears were on the other feet, mine, uh, what would happen to me if I used the N-bomb? Would I still be mayor? Watch the grand user and find out. Hmm. He tried to lure me. Lure me into the belly of the beast. Get me to use the N-bomb. And, boy, that would be instant. Goodbye. Sorry. Uh, get a job hanging wallpaper, Curtis, or move to the sixth borough of the city of New York, Boca Raton, Florida, and take that red beret and red sateen jacket off because people would identify you as the guy that used the N-bomb. I'm trying to figure that out. Let's go to Bill in Queens. Your turn to be heard here at WABC, Bill. Hey, Curtis. Trying to help you out. Um... The Boston clam shop is where you got stuck, but I I have the same problem. Now, hold on a second. Now we're having problems with our phones out to Queens. This is becoming a systemic issue. I don't know what it is. Every time I'm on the radio, uh, there's problems with the phones. If it ain't one thing, it's another thing. Uh, It may be sabotage. Because this don't happen with the other hosts. Always with me, either the phone calls drop or now it's clear they're breaking up. Let's see if we can get Bill reconfigurated in Queens. Yeah. Uh, what neighborhood in Queens are you calling from, Bill? Uh, Glen Oak. Okay. All right. I now, saw you at Alley Pond Park back in August. All right. You saw me at Alley Pond Park back in August. Okay. Yeah, you bribed me with burgers and hot dogs. See, I don't know, man. I'm beginning to think, I know it sounds conspiratorial. But I think it's Frank Morano. I think he sets off an act of sabotage uh, with Bruce here. You know, he's worked with Bruce a long time. Bruce is like, uh, you know, that's uh, Frank Morano's homeboy. And then some of the others who are employed here. So I notice when I do the other side of midnight, and again, I do it uh, early Saturday mornings from 1 to 6. Uh, then I come back in the afternoons 2 to 4. It happens then sometimes. Uh, then I come uh, at uh, the morning again, 12 midnight to 6 in the morning, Sunday morning. It happens then. Uh, it doesn't happen with Chris Hahn. Oh, no, 3 to 5. Somehow it, does. it seems to always stay in place then. But then when I come back from 9 to 1, 
and then hand off to Frank Morano so that he can do the other side of midnight the rest of the week for 20 hours. Doesn't happen with him, only with me. Yeah, am I conspiratorial, or do you think it's an act of sabotage by all of these uh, workers here whose loyalty is to Frank Morano? They never liked it when I came on board. Oh, no, 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 no. They never liked it because hey, hey, I'm, I'm demanding. I'm demanding. This is like the time I visited the Daily News in Jersey City. Les Goodstein uh, was the editor at that time, and he said, Curtis, these guys hate you. You know, all the union guys here, they're banana crime family guys, and they want to kill you. They know they can't kill you because I'm escorting you around. They're going to break the line. I said, what do you mean they're going to break the line? Watch. The papers are being printed. They're going to break the line, and all the papers are going to go flying out in all directions, and it'll cause all the machines to get all tied up, and we won't be able to get back online printing the daily news for another hour or two. And damn, if I hadn't finished walking around and these guys were staring and glaring at me, eyeballing me, mad-dogging me, eye-fornicating me, if they didn't break the line. I'm thinking some of our workers here have conducted an act of sabotage. Anyway, let's go to Eric in Manhattan. Your turn to be heard here at WABC, Eric. Hey, Curtis. Um, the uh, the definition of cracker. It's uh, you know, at the holidays sometimes. Well, it's mostly in England. It's a little thing you, you snap open, you can't crack it open. And there's a little prize inside, a little toy or whatever. That's ah. what a cracker is. All right, so this is the English version of how the term no, cracker came it's, about. It's, it's um. It's in America sometimes, too. They still do it here, but it was uh, in England. You know, they, that's, that's where it comes from, crackers. All right, so um, <laughs> quick question, Eric. Oh, you, your last caller, um, you didn't say you were going to interview uh, Eric Adams today. Melvin, right. That was Eric Adams. <laughs> no. I'm sorry. Trust I'm me, Eric, Eric Adams is intelligent. He's well-spoken. He's quick on his feet. Uh, he's certainly... Uh, uh, He's certainly uh, able, very astutely. Listen, I want him to succeed, but... <laughs> yeah, but I... I yeah, nobody's perfect. I, 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 but, I mean, am I... Eric, am I... According to your definition, am I a cracker? Uh, no. Are you... What are you... What, what brand? Are you, what are you, saltines? Uh, I don't know. It's, it's, uh, it's silly. You know what the thing is? This is black frailty. I mean, the N-word. What, is it, what does that mean? Nancy? You know... It's all the same to me. It's all the same. I don't want to go down the list of, you know. All right. Well, you know, it's, it's it's like, same. Hey, double standard. Same level. Double standard. Yeah. Double standard. What the hell is he talking about? He's from England. That's American. Whew. Let's go to Jeff in Manhattan, where it seems that our phone connection is much better than it is with some other parts of our tri-state area. Your turn to be heard here at WABC, Jeff. Thanks, Curtis. Hey, the, the guy who said it before about um, what Cracker is was correct, I think, that um, it's because of the white slaveholders um, cracking the whip on their backs. Yeah, I get and, that. I get that. But, but I got a more important point. To, what is to that? Make, what is that, Jeff? What is that? What is that? Uh, well, two, one and a half. The half, the half one is that um, it's not quite as bad as the N-word because the N-word you're using against people because of who they are cracker you're using because of what they do but the more important point is that we want we beat hitler in world war ii with the russians and with the mafia helping us because we had to beat hitler and um in in the space race they they the we hired some um nazi scientists like werner von braun 
I don't like that, but to help us get to space before the Russians. And the most important point is the Blasio is tied with Wagner for the, for the worst mayor of all time. And the only reason that he's not a, alone um, as the worst mayor is because Wagner lost the Dodgers and the Giants. Uh, now, Jeff, Jeff, do you realize that in the space of maybe one and a half minutes, you have been a, an example of radio attention deficit disorder? I've never heard anyone go in so many different directions. And by the way, you mentioned Wagner as being the equivalent of uh, Bill de Blasio. as he lost the Dodgers and Giants. No, no, no. It's John Lindsay. Start thinking Dinkins. Uh, what, what are you coming up with the Dutchman Wagner for, huh? Because he lost the Dodgers and the Giants, Brooklyn Dodgers and New York Giants. Oh, so, That's why. so that makes him a lousy mayor? Yes. Oh, okay. Me. So if you have two thousand, wait a second. You got two thousand people dead a year. Five thousand shot. Most of them unsolved. When Dinkins was mayor. But if you lose the Dodgers, the Brooklyn Dodgers, and the New York Giants, you're a worse mayor. Does that make any sense, Jeff? And also the Cross Bronx Expressway. But you know what Pete Hamill said? That his neighborhood. God, man, that sounded like he was gargling with razor blades. You know, I'm feeling more and more like a cracker every day because I'm part of the dominant oppressive majority. I really am. Bruce, I'm sorry. I really am. I'm Camellia, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm part of the dominant oppressive majority, Caucasoids. Uh, let's go to Wayne. Uh, where the hell are you calling from in old Canada? Yeah, from the Canadian side, the perspective of life. Now, how far are you from uh, Ontario and the truckers who have laid siege to Trudeau Jr.? Uh, approximately 80 kilometers. Okay. All right, good enough, good enough. All right, Wayne, what point did you want to make in a land of 34 million people, most of them mighty whiteies? As far as I'm concerned, blood is thicker than water. And I think that uh, the whole country, both countries, all of them, North America, South America as well, we have to unite. We have to believe in repentance. And we have to be focused on God. And I think that this whole scheme of things. Yeah, the guy's a holy roller, freaking holy roller. And the phone connection from Canada sucks too. What is this? This is purposeful on me. I, I've been doing this for 31 years. I've never had these kind of phone issues every weekend. Doesn't matter. I can stomp, hoot, holler, yell, scream. Doesn't matter. Nothing gets done. So, hey, let Curtis do it. He can talk without any callers, which is true. I can talk 22 straight hours if you want me to. But the whole idea is this is a stream of consciousness. I digress often. And I feel it's important that your word be heard. Mostly there are the times you call in other talk shows and they cut you off. They give you a brisk because, God forbid, you cut into their talk time. And I can't even do that. Let's go to Andrea, who's calling from New Jersey. Where in uh, New Jersey, Andrea? Uh, Netcong. Metcong. It's in Morris County. Right. Okay. Netcong. All right. We got it. Okay, well, I seem to recall the origin of the word cracker to describe white white man. Um, it was the sound of the man 
in his leather shoes walking up behind them, and they they could hear the cracking sound. Wow! And you have an echo. Oh, I. I'm, uh, I'm not, sorry. Not your, I do. Not, not, I know. Not your fault. Not your fault, Andrea. Not your fault. It, it's it's uh, sabotage here against me here at WABC. Sabotage. Uh, mm, we're going to try to figure this out. But we think we could wake Dan up. You know, he's getting his bump ski and his lap dances there in Lodi. Every weekend. Every weekend. Like I can predict it. It's okay, Andrea. But it's the sound of a white man's shoes, right? Right, because they wear leather soles. Because they wear leather soles. Okay. Okay, I could buy that. I could buy that, Andrea. I could buy that. Let's go to uh, Beverly, who's calling from uh, Staten Island. Your turn to be heard here at WABC, Beverly. Hello, Curtis. I I heard you talking about going to the Colonnade Diner with Frank. Yes. I wish I was there when you were there. I go there a lot. I, I live two blocks away from there. It's a it's a great a Greek guy owns it there. He's been yes. there forever, but I, I will tell you this: uh, it's a little embarrassing when you go with Frank. I don't know how Rachel, his lovely wife, handles it because she's from a an upper caste uh, pedigree. <laughs> but Frank orders a bowl of chicken soup, you know, a, Italian chicken soup, which is right. different than the normal chicken soup, and he slurps it. He slurps it. I mean, other people turn around. They know who Frank Morano is in Staten Island. Everybody knows who Frank Morano is. That That's when you just want to leave, go to the bathroom until he finishes <laughs> slurping his chicken soup. How boorish, how uh, barbarian-ish uh, that is. Well, you were talking about the saltines, too. Yes. Oh, well, well. When I first heard the cracker, the cracker term, I thought... That it was from saltines because we're white like saltines. Yeah. yeah. I actually thought that's what it was from. Well, it seems to fit. Because, yeah, saltines, crackers. Right. And and sometimes if you have high blood pressure, you have to say, could I have these saltines, uh, the plain ones, you know, the crackers without salt on it? Uh, and the problem I always have, Beverly, is they always break up. When I open the cellophane, I want the full cracker. I have yet to be able to determine how to get a full cracker out of the cellophane bag. Yeah, I know. It's hard. And why, why do you think they did that? Why do you think they make it so difficult to open up the cellophane wrapper on the two crackers that are inside so that they can stay whole? Like, let's say, two cookies would. I find everything that's wrapped up today, you need a scissor to cut it or something. Or like that guy said, a knife. Hmm. All right. All right. You know, I should ask the Greek guy who owns the Colonnade Diner. He's probably a professional with that. And he's there quite a bit. Yeah. Or I should, next time I order the chicken soup, I should just say, hey, I want you to go into the back kitchen area, surgically remove my crackers from the cellophane (laughs) bag if you have to use a scalpel. But I want my crackers whole. I don't want them broken up. (laughs) I usually take the crackers home and beat them. To the pigeons and the turkeys. We have loads of turkeys around. Oh, now. that's for sure. Right off Seaview Avenue and Highland yeah. Boulevard? And, well, I live in the Berry Houses, oh. and they're they're moving to the Berry Houses now. They're there all the time. 
What are we going to do with that? People, when I tell them how many turkeys, wild turkeys, are out oh, there in well, Staten Island. I counted like 40 of them one time. Easily. And if you know, if you go up to them, they hiss you. They get mad at you. Well, sometimes. But I feed, I'm not supposed to feed them, but I, I feed them. But I find, I don't know, there's something about, like you're living on a game farm or something. I live in a, in a berry house, which is a project. Now, if you go down from the berry houses, you walk down to Father Capadonna Boulevard, you'll notice right. the uh, Staten Island uh, Psychiatric Hospital is yes. there. And they live up in the trees there. Yes, they, they roost at night in the trees usually. How the hell do they get up to those trees? They fly. Wait a second. They can fly. Oh, wait, you must have been drinking that wild turkey. No, I'm not drinking anymore. <laughs> you must be Although, nipping on that wild ago. turkey. No, they, they they can fly. They can't fly long distances or too high. They're too heavy. Ask ask Nancy. Nancy will know. Oh, don't, I don't want to get her started. She'll go out there and start feeding the turkeys. Oh, then I'll come out and feed because I feed them too. But now you were going to acknowledge that in an earlier year in your life, you used to nip on that wild turkey. Well, years ago, I, I, I like to nip on quite a few things. No more, though. I'm, I, I'm your age now, Curtis. I've sort of, like, cut that out. Ah, so you have, you are, you are sober and sane. Yes, I, I, yes, I think most of the time. When uh, you get a chance, when Frank uh, comes back for his other side of midnight, Monday through Fridays from 1 in the morning to 5, could you call I him up? I started listening to him. Yeah, if you could ask him, Beverly, it because he's from Staten Island, it really sets a bad example. People think that everybody from Staten Island slurps their soup. <laughs> I mean, it really, it's a bad habit. I mean, come on. It's like, what? When, remember your mother says, chew with your mouth closed, remember? Yes, yes. Now, he doesn't do that. He does chew. His mother, even though he's a mameluke, his mother did raise him to chew with his mouth closed. But this slurping thing just drives me crazy. And coffee, too. If he's having a cup of coffee, he's slurping the coffee. <laughs> I would have loved to have been in that diner when you two were there. Oh, I, I tell you, I went to the Greek guy who owns it. I said, hey, I don't know that guy. I've never <laughs> seen that guy before in my life. It was so embarrassing, Beverly. People... Now, what do you go for lunch or something? Or Because uh, oh, I go all different times there. Yeah, no, no. I was there for lunch, and I had the BLT. Uh, and I remember I had this soup. And then as soon as he got his soup, he started slurping it, and I immediately just said, it's okay. Uh, feed it to a homeless person. I'm out of here. I mean, it's like a, vol a volcanic eruption. When a person is slurping their this, this soup, it is so, oh, irritating. Yeah, that's true. Okay, well, you do me a solid. You call up Frank and you ask I him. I am going to do that. Yeah, that, that, he's a, it's a bad representation of people on Staten Island. He's got to learn to sip his soup quietly. And by the way, I don't buy the fact that the turkeys there on Father Capadonna Boulevard, where there are dozens of them, walk around all day. They don't fly. But somehow at night, they fly up into the tree and nest. Get out of here. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Don calling from Orange County. Your turn to be heard here at WABC, Donnie. Jeff Curtis, you there? I am. Which part of Orange County are you in? Oh, I'm not in Orange County. I'm in Lake. 
Lake Ronkonkoma, New York. Oh, Lake Ronkonkoma out in Long Island. Yeah, Indian country. Yeah, right near uh, the airport there, the airport. Yeah, I'm like, uh, I can I can actually see it from my backyard. Yeah, well, that's not far from where my wife Nancy grew up in Bohemia. Yeah, that's like the next town south of me. Okay, all right. Now your turn to be heard, Don. Okay, all right. The term cracker is a Florida cowboy. Because they used to use a, a whip that was a short bull whip. They actually call it a quirt. And when you snap it, it makes it makes a cracking sound, and it, and it, it gets the attention of the cows when they're running up. And, it, and when they're on the ranch, they actually live in a cracker box. Wow. Wow, you have, a, you have a much more detailed description. Yeah, I learned that when I was living in Florida. I was a snowbird. No, no, that makes sense. And yeah, see, and, and and speaking about your crackers, okay, I'm going to yes, give yes. you the actual the yes. proof of mark rules here. Yes, okay, okay. First of all, you never use saltines in soup. You use oyster crackers or Ritz everything. Oh, Ritz, okay. okay. Now, a restaurant that has a tablecloth, okay, and you're having soup, then you have to have. Cause water crackers. Ah, wow! Okay. You, you're like and a kind of you, you're like a connoisseur of crackers. Well, I'm a chef. Oh, so I now, know this stuff. let me ask you a question. As a chef, I'm very concerned with Frank Morano because uh, he eats so much of uh, the fromage, the cheese, which is not uh, like cottage cheese. Uh, you know. Uh, it's the high-end uh, fat cheese as opposed to low-fat cheese, like cheddar cheese, and he drinks wine, and I'm afraid he's going to get gout, you know, like well, the, the royalty used to in Europe and the evil seat of Kim Jong mentally ill behind the kimchi curtain of North Korea has it now. Yeah, well, you can't. Gout is, can't come from that. Hmm. And especially in this country, America, what we call cheese is criminal. Wow, so the Velveeta cheese that we were raised on, <laughs> not good? Not good for you at all. It's processed. Ah. You know, uh, there was a time when uh, we were involved in fiscal restraint here in the city. We were on the verge of bankruptcy. The mayor at that time, who needed 10 telephone books to stand on to have a press conference, Abe Beam, who uh, yeah. was living in the Ponset out in the Rockaways, he told all of New Yorkers, look, uh, we got to scale back. Look at me. I brown bag my lunch every day. I have Velveeta cheese sandwiches. Well, he's a bum. You know, <laughs> he always was. <laughs> what, he, what he did to the New York City Fire Department is 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 a crime. Uh, my dad was on the job at the Oh no, understood, understood. Well, a uh, chef uh, Don connoisseur of crackers. Louis, he's worried like I am about Frank Morano possibly getting gout. From eating all that uh, uh, high-fat cheese like cheddar instead of cottage cheese, the low-fat cheese. And actually, uh, a lot of il vino. Anyway, let's go to Joe in the Bronx. Your turn to be heard here at WABC, Joe. Curtis, I'm back. I hope uh, it didn't sound like I was stepping on crackers. Uh, I see. It's an act of sabotage here. Ah, this happens to me every weekend. Hooker by crook. It's during the day. It's at night. Phones drop. Bad communications. I'm beginning to think that it's purposeful. 
And I noticed that you, Bruce, you have taken the code of Omerta. Camelia, our phone screen, has taken the code of Omerta. But I've been doing this 31 years, most of it at WABC. I have a feeling. This is uh, definitely an act of sabotage. Anyway, let's go to Rich in Rockland. Your turn to be heard here at WABC, Rich. You know, Curtis, um, I got some alternate uh, methods for that guy up in um, Sullivan County or Ulster County that's uh, living in his car. And uh, years ago, well, when my family moved into Rockland County, every world was a dirt road. And uh, you had to have uh, wood-burning stoves. You had to have kerosene heaters. You had to have alternate things of everything. So I continued that. Hmm. Uh, having an anger management moment here at WABC. Let me remain cool, calm, and collected. Keep Rich on the line. See if we can uh, get a clearer connection from uh, Rich in Rockland. Let's go to Russ in White Plains, which definitely must have a lot of crackers there because it's white, right, Russ? Well, I got the echo. You got Are you the... sabotaging yourself I in have... order to blame Frank? I have Morano. So you're 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 having echo on your end of the call. No, it's it's you doing this, Curtis. It oh. never happened before. Oh, so well, can I bring up one thing? Yes, of course, Russ. Uh, Peter said you use your wife to advance your life. I thought that's what marriage was all about. <laughs> Peter's never been married. <laughs> well, that's you know, yeah, he's a guy who uh, pleasurizes himself all night. So what would you expect, Russ? Well, that's true. But Melvin is well-informed, quick on his feet, and you could understand him. So I think uh, Melvin would be a good mayor. Yes, yes, absolutely. I mean, uh, he could be... Uh, the Bernard Adams, you know how um, Eric said he had to have his uh, brother uh, provide security for him because of the white supremacists that are threatening his life, of whom I've, I'm telling you, I, I spent a whole week, Russ, at uh, Bed Bath & Beyond. They were having a white sheet sale. I couldn't find any white supremacists. Well, you can't find Mike Lindell either there. But the thing about Chris Hahn, he's a cracker. Because he's a cracker is a liar who can't be trusted, Curtis. Two weeks ago, I can't believe this echo. Two weeks ago, he said that he wasn't a Democrat that believed in locking up unvaxxed people in quarantine camps. One week ago, he said Sarah Palin should be forcibly quarantined. That's what crackers are. White people who can't be trusted. They talk out of both sides of their mouth. Crippled, blind, and crazy. Thanks a lot, Curtis. That's an interesting definition. Uh, if you open up your Merriam-Webster dictionary and you look up the term cracker, you see Chris Hahn's picture next to it. Uh, let's go to Victor in Manhattan. Your turn to be heard here at WABC, Victor. Good morning, Curtis. Now, I have the unequivocal definition of cracker. It's a native or inhabitant of the state of Georgia, which was known as the Cracker State. Okay. All right. Now, I see, makes, I, I see Victor, uh, I see Victor makes, you're a heavy breather there, Victor. I'm sorry. No, that it's okay. makes you don't Jimmy Carter a cracker. A Jimmy Carter. That's right. Plains, Georgia, a cracker. Hmm. Uh, and who, by the way, 
Who was the uh, wait a second, who was the governor uh, who uh, jumped over the counter of his restaurant that he had with a pickaxe uh, to drive certain customers away? Do you remember his name? In Georgia? Yes. Uh, Became governor of Georgia. If you give me the first name. Oh, the way you say you're a heavy breather here, Victor. I, I don't know what's going on. He seems like he's a little excited. Maybe because he had a phone line that doesn't have an echo, and we could actually hear him. Again, a little trivia. Who was the governor of Georgia, who at one time had a restaurant, who would jump over the counter with a pickaxe if certain customers tried to frequent his uh, eating establishment? 1-800-848-9222. That's 1-800-848-WABC. Let's go to Rich back in Rockland County, who seems to have soldered the connection between where you are and where we are here in Manhattan. Your turn to be heard here, Rich. Okay, Curtis. Uh, I got some alternate eating methods, but um, I, I was uh, I testified from the New York State Senate, and my phone lines were pulled off the side of my house. People followed me, and my partner was murdered. Son Sue and his body was dumped on the side of the street in Manhattan. Uh. Nah, just be cool, calm, and collected, Curtis. They can't be doing this just to you. Even though we're heard in 38 states and parts of Canada and parts of Europe and down in Bermuda and Bahamas and even sailors who have gone down to Davy Jones's locker there in the Bermuda Triangle, uh, last having heard Frank Morano on the other side of midnight during the week, um, they can't. They, they can't. They can't. Let's go to Olena in Teaneck, New Jersey, across the Hudson River. Let's see if this connection is any better. Your turn to be heard here at WABC. absolutely super. You're coming through loud and clear. Excellent, Olena. Yes. Uh, Curtis, I just wanted to comment on your show. Your theater of the mind is better than a Broadway presentation. Wow. That, that's the highest compliment <laughs> that you could pay somebody in radio. Theater wow. of the mind, which is what I focus on, which is really great radio. And that's, that, that's, that is, that's about as good as it gets, Olina. Now, I'll tell you. That's your profession, and double entendres are permitted in your profession. Uh, double entendre, that's, that's like a $5 word, multisyllabic. What the hell does that mean? <laughs> what, is that, what does that well, mean? To comment on profession. Oh, oh, okay. All right. You see, when, they, they kicked me, the Jesuits kicked me out of high school at Brooklyn Prep, shined their boots on my backside in my senior year, 1972, and I never looked back. I, I wasn't around for that lesson. Listen, I can sit in your class any day with or without your PhDs. <laughs> That's right. And not only that, you would be subjected to listening to Sliwanics, a language. That's okay. That I have created in which I botulize the English language with uh, malaprops, spoonerisms, and fractured phrases. Absolutely. But when you're a professional and you're speaking to an audience, 
you have to get through to the ed- audience, but in a sophisticated way. Uh. I think our mayor failed that chapter. Now, I think I know why the connection with you and Teenex is so clear, no echo, no breakup, because you have certain things that have been hung up on your telephone wires. Is that what it is? <laughs> yes. Do you know what I'm talking about? Probably. Uh, Ma- but many of, the, many of the Orthodox uh, have a tradition in which they hang a string. I'm, I'm forgetting exactly the term. And it goes all along the telephone wires. So it's basically like almost um, hermetically sealed in T-neck. Uh, and I think that is why, because Hashem has said, unlike JC, I'm going to give you clear telephone lines, Olina. Well, I'll tell you, I'm enjoying the clarity. I love your show and reaching an audience in a professional way can always be learned. Well, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I, I would hope... Uh, after uh, 30 years, 31 years of doing this, Olina, that I have finally mastered the art of talk radio. By the way, what is uh, those items that some in the TNET community have been enraged with that Orthodox Jews will string along the telephone lines that clearly have aided and abetted our ability to speak to all of you without an echo? Of the mind. The founder of the Guardian Angels. The group dedicated to fight crime. On the streets of New York and on the air right now. Curtis Lewa on 77 WABC. So we finished with our first clear conversation from the woman, uh, Olina, from Teaneck. And I asked that it had to have been because the uh, Orthodox Jewish community there has uh, a boundary on the telephone poles of the predominantly Jewish area. So it was Hashem who was controlling that connection and not JC. Could it be we had two hours of uh, Rita Cosme? No problems. One hour of Dominic Carter? No problems. Soon as Curtis Lewa came on, the phones did not work. An act of sabotage. And I'm thinking that the people who work here are friends of Frank Morano, Bruce, uh, who is our board operator, Camelia, who is our phone screener. Maybe they just don't like the fact that I'm a cracker here, the only cracker in the house. Something's going on here, ladies and gentlemen. If you notice, weekend after weekend, if it ain't one problem, it's another problem. The disquantificator, the spectrometer, we'll get down to the bottom of this. But now, you've been cuomo A new episode as Andrew Evilize Cuomo, who is living out in the compound of Fredo, Chris Cuomo in Southampton, 
with the, the newly released Lightbreaker Extraordinaire, wartime consigliere, Joe Pococo, who's just finished doing six years of federal time for corruption. Should have got 60 years, but he's out. And the moment that uh, Andrew Cuomo was exiled to his island of Elba, like Napoleon, he swore that he would settle all scores. And slowly but surely, he is. Now that a DA has dropped Andrew Cuomo's latest sexual harassment criminal case, that's five cases. None have led to an indictment. He's free and clear other than civil lawsuits that may result from that. It's amazing because Chris Cuomo, his brother Fredo, got whacked. And he reminded me like Sonny Corleone, the hothead. Remember when he was out there in Block Island and somebody uh, challenged him and all of a sudden Fredo all roided up? Uh, put his dukes in the air, you know, like he's a tough guy. The, the Cuomo's, they always thought they were a tough guy. They lived in Holliswood, Queens, next to Jamaica Estates. They were soft. You shake their hands. There are no calluses on their hands, only on their tuchus from sitting down so much and looking at themselves in the mirror as they brush and comb their hair over and over and over again. Let's look at the body count of Team Cuomo. He demands loyalty, Andrew Evilized Cuomo, King Cuomo II, the son of Mario Facha Bruta Cuomo, King Cuomo I. Bruce, should I give the shout-out to Andrew that I have given out uh, through the years as I uh, basically took it from my mentor, the king of all talk radio, Bob Grant, when he would give Mario his salute. Andrew! And like your father, Mario, you are. And I know you're listening out there. In fact, they're listening from our sister station, WLIR, the FM station, which is crystal clear in Southampton. As they plot their comeback, and they listen intently because I have focused on the Cuomos for years. And now... They've started to Cuomo people. First off, notice how Andrew Evilized Cuomo came into the city. He had been out of sight, out of mind, undercover. And he had a sit-down at a restaurant in the theater district with who? Eric Adams. I'm sure Eric said, hey, good to see you, cracker. You think Mario Cuomo would have been upset with that? Of course he would have, but his son Andrew who needs Eric Adams now, accepted that. Says, all right, you call me Cracker, and I won't call you Eggplant. Uh, that's what we Italians uh, always used to call African-Americans. That was as pejorative and as defamatory a name as Cracker is for whites. In fact, the term was Moulignan, which means eggplant. So all through history, people have created different terms for when you happen to be black or a different term for when you happen to be white. And I wouldn't doubt in the least that growing up, can I have a little more Godfather here because uh, he's ready to settle all scores, that in that Italian household in Holliswood, where you're weak, you're soft, 
You're not a tough guy. Hollisworth, that's like Jamaican states. Like, like, that's like Donald Trump. He was never a, a tough guy. He never had a street fight. These guys never had street fights. They're faux tough guys. They're fugazi tough guys. And you know what you do with a Cuomo? You just hit them in their big schnozzes, right? They start to bleed. And like, Mama Luke, so we going, Matilda, Mommy, Mommy, Mommy. But anyway, I digress. So there, the defrocked, dethroned, Andrew Evilized Cuomo is having a sit-down in an Italian restaurant in the theater district with Mayor Eric Adams. Two hours! Now, you know what Andrew Evilized Cuomo was saying. He didn't want to send his messenger, his wartime consigliere, Pococo. He had to deliver this personally to the mayor. And he was basically telling Eric Adams, look, Eric... You're the number one go-to African-American in the state of New York now. Stay out of the way because I'm taking out the Attorney General, Tish James. This is my vengeance. This is my blood feud. This is my business. And he probably looked intently, as he has been known to do, at Eric Adams and said, Mind your own business. Because now that all these charges have not gone to criminal court. They may go to civil court. Andrew Evilized Cuomo sitting on his $16 million political war chest momentarily is prepared to run for the Attorney General of New York State, a position that he has sat in before. And he can do that. He can do that. There are no term limits for governor. There are no term limits for attorney general. There are no term limits for state controller, and there should be. There are no term limits for the state legislature, the state senate, the state assembly. They can serve in perpetuity, and many of them had. Until death do they part, and the only reason is they died of greed. They were so crooked you had to find a black and decker power drill like with Shelly Silva, a.k.a. Meyer Lansky, a.k.a. Hyman Roth, to drill them into the ground. So here it is, they're sitting down a two-hour sit-down. As you know, Eric Adams is a vegan, eating all vegetables, probably the broccoli rob. And Andrew Evilized Cuomo having what his mother Matilda always made for him, a bowl of pasta vazoo. And they were talking business, ladies and gentlemen. And no, no, the reason they chose that Italian restaurant, it was not wired up like a Christmas tree by the FBI, which... The acronym always used to stand for years ago, forever busting Italians. No, 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 no. And I'm telling you, based on what I've heard through, uh, what I've heard through the uh, grapevines of the grapes that grow on the compound of Fredo Cuomo in Southampton, that he will be not only running against Tish James. Andrew Cuomo, who is the J. Edgar Hoover of local Democratic politics, who has a file on everyone, friends and foes, is basically saying, Eric Adams, stay out of this. You don't have to endorse me when I run for state attorney general, but you shouldn't endorse Tish James. Just be like Switzerland, neutral. And then immediately the domino effect began to take place. Look at what happened to the head of CNN, which at one time was the Cuomo National Network featuring Fredo, Chris Cuomo, and Andrew Evilized Cuomo, who was on a dozen times during the lockdown and pandemic. 
Chris Cuomo got sacked by Zucker, and all of a sudden, vengeance was his. And uh, he went after Zucker with a vengeance. He told Zucker's attorneys at CNN, you pay me $18 million in severance pay, or I come for your head on a platter. And he did. He went right to the CEO of AT&T, the parent organization of CNN, and said, Hey, you uh, fired me on the fact that I might have been having relationships with some of the CNN personnel. Meantime, here is the leader of the pack, Zucker, who's having an ongoing relationship with Allison Gallus, a vice president, and it's been going on for years And the rules are that he had to disclose it. So Zucker gets sacked, yet Allison remains. Hmm. (laughs) And here it was. Zucker was even coaching Andrew Evilize Cuomo before he'd give those PowerPoint presentations that made him the darling of Hollywood, the darling of the media, that earned him an Emmy that he had to give back. So they've circled the wagons out and Team Cuomo on the compound. And the inner circle consists of Joe Pococo, the leg breaker, and Rich Azopardi, the spokesperson, as they settle all scores. They have begun a ferocious counteroffensive to discredit their accusers, to attack their investigators. And to go after news reporters. They've gone for the jugular. It's a scorched earth political warfare policy. The Cuomos take no prisoners. And their policy is, if we go down, you go down. (laughs) And in all these years, they've never taken me down. They can't touch this. But the rest of you out there, you fear the wrath of the Cuomos. You know what this is similar to? When you got a bully in the neighborhood, and then there's a Louisville slugger in the schoolyard, and you don't pick up the Louisville slugger, you let the bully pick it up. If they allow him to run for attorney general, if he becomes attorney general, which is likely the over-under point spread is, he can beat Tish James in a one-on-one Democratic primary. And to be honest, as a Republican, I don't even know who's running for attorney general on the Republican side. He will then go after all of his enemies, friends and foes. And now, as Paul Harvey says, you know the rest of the story. Stay tuned. Nobody knows more about Cuomo land than Curtis Sliwa. And they have a term already in place. You've been Cuomo. Soccer. You're the first of many to fall. Eric Adams heard it, not from a messenger, not from a peacetime consigliere, Tom Hayden. He heard it from Andrew Cuomo himself, who is Michael Corleone. Stay out of the way, Eric. Avoid the bloodbath. I'm taking out Tish James by all means necessary. Anyway, let's go to Chris in Brooklyn. Uh, Your turn to be heard here at WABC, Chris. Hey, Curtis. Nice to hear. Yes, Chris. Can you hear me clearly? I can hear you. you... I can hear you loud and clear now, Chris. No sabotaging. No sabotaging so far. (laughs) 
So you were talking about the great state of Georgia and a uh, interesting governor there that owned a restaurant that used to like batting people out with a Louisville slugger if he didn't like uh, your type of person. Who was that? Who was that governor? It was the fine Lester Garfield Maddox. That's right. Lester Maddox, racist right down to the marrow of his bone. To the bone. And <laughs> yet, to those uh, crackers in Georgia, uh, they didn't mind. In fact, that is what propelled him to the governorship. The fact that he was attacking bl- blacks, any black that would come in any proximity uh, to his restaurant, he would attack them with a pickaxe. And the local sheriff, Sheriff Foley, uh, and the uh, local constabularies would act like they hadn't seen anything, like they took the coat of America. And this guy became the governor of the state of Georgia. Now, if Eric Adams had called Lester Maddox a cracker, I'd say, hell yeah. But white police officers that he served with? See, he served 22 years. That means at some point he had to have served with Bo Dito, who regularly appears with uh, Sid and Bernie on Tuesday mornings and has been the number one promoter of Eric Adams. Does that mean that Bo Dito was a cracker? <sighs> Animal crackers in my soup. Ah, you watch, watch, watch how Bo Dito dances around this one this coming Tuesday morning. With Bernard McGurk and Sid Rosenberg. I hope they ask him, hey, Bo, are you a cracker? Our number is 1-800-848-9222. Let's go, if we can, to John in Dayton, Ohio. Your turn to be heard here at WABC, John. Yeah, it sounds like uh, somebody uh, beat me to the punch uh, on uh, Lester Maddox. Hold on, Shay, hold on. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to remain cool, calm, and collected. Our uh, phone connection to Dayton, Ohio, which is covered by JC, not Hashem, uh, has ripples. You know, this is like uh, ripples in a potato chip. Uh, what potato chip has ripples? If anybody out there happens to know the answer, 1-800-848-9222. That's 1-800-848-WABC. Uh, let's see if we can go up to Beantown in Boston, where nobody is mourning uh, the retirement of Tom Brady. Your turn to be heard here on WABC, Jennifer. Hey, Curtis. Can you hear me? Uh, let's keep talking, and let's see if the connection is uh, holds up, Jen. Okay. Um, I just wanted to say uh, I wanted to thank you for one of your all-time freeways. <laughs> Let's see, we're the number one news stock station in the nation with 50,000 powerful watts of sound. I do 22 hours on the weekend with callers because it's their turn to be heard. Traditional talk radio. I don't have guests. I don't believe in having guests who just read, uh, you know, their memorized lines. And everybody is in harmony and agreement. Oh, I couldn't agree more. You're so right. Yeah, I don't do the love fest. I just ask that we have some working phone lines. Is it difficult? Maybe it's the revenge of AT&T, you know, because I was the one who moved uh, Zucker 
to fire Fredo Chris Cuomo. Remember, I had demonstrations outside of the headquarters at CNN in the Hudson Towers where nobody is there. It's like it might as well be uh, become mausoleums or maybe storage pits because it's empty except for CNN, which was at that time the Cuomo National Network. They made fun of me. They said, Curtis, you'll never be on CNN again. You're taking on Zucker. And I did, and I would continue to do it, and I would do it again. Oh, boy. Uh, Let's see if we can get back on track here desperately. Andrea, in Brooklyn, your turn to be heard here at WABC, Andrea. Hi, Curtis. Oh, this is a good, you see, Hashem, you believe in Hashem, right? Yes, you're very smart. Now, now, just before you get into your point, Andre, isn't this amazing? Olina from Teaneck believes in Hashem. Andrea, you believe in Hashem, not JC. We have clear phone lines for you, but not for the Gentiles, the Goyim. I guess it's one of those things. <laughs> no, no, I think it's because Hashem has deemed it to be. <laughs> I'm, I love your show. And uh, when, I, when I wake up, sometimes if I fall asleep early and I wake up, I say, I'm going to listen to your show for just a few minutes. And I end up listening the entire time. Well, that you see, that is what I hope for. Our own owner and operator, John Katsimatidis, has said, look, I start listening at one o'clock and I listen until six o'clock. I, it, it's like habit forming. Yes, absolutely. Well, thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. There's actually an um, an, error, an echo on my line. I'm just trying to ignore it. Um, I It's a little hard to hear you, but it's okay. Someone answered the Lester Maddox question, but now I'd like to answer the Erev question. The phone lines that you mentioned? Yes, yes. In, in the Orthodox. I'm not Orthodox, but those lines are actually to form a boundary in the Orthodox community, so orth- very Orthodox Jews can carry items that are normally forbidden on the Sabbath, such as keys and other items, medication, whatnot. Now, uh, this would not include a ham sandwich, would it? <laughs> I don't think so. Yeah, I don't think Hashem <laughs> would forgive that. No. Um and now, I don't know I, if I, anyone I know, answered your other question last no, but, week uh, what is, about Grabstein's Deli. Yeah, hold on. Before you uh, get into Grabstein's, what is it, the name of what it's called that uh, encircles or encompasses the Orthodox community that gives them the opportunity to carry things uh, during Shabbat that they might not normally carry? Yes, it's called Eruv. Eruv. Now, you realize that in Teaneck, they've almost had a civil war there between the local uh, elected officials who object to that and obviously the Orthodox Jews who say, well, we're not interfering with the telephone communication. Right. I don't think it does. I mean, maybe people were afraid of something. I mean, I don't I don't know why people would object to it. Well, I'm telling you, Andrea, you know, Gentiles, uh, they're so used to trying to convert other people. You know, it's like uh, just say Jesus Christ, my Lord and Savior, and you're saved. All your sins are forgiven. Wow, that's an easy conversion that they don't understand that your people, the chosen people 
only try to find their lost sheep. They're not interested in converting anyone like Sammy Davis Jr. Uh, You have to volunteer to want to become Jewish, right? Right. They want to make sure you become for the right reasons on your own free will. They don't believe in forcing anybody. Well, I got to tell you this story, Andrea. Uh, One of my many wives, well, not even my wife, said, would you ever think of converting since your two sons uh, at that time were going to a Hebrew school, right. uh, pre-K? And I said, look, I know what's going to happen. They're going to get a moil. Uh, they're going to have a Ginzu knife. Uh, he's going to be blindfolded, and they're going to make a mistake. And then they're going to say, oh, you see, that's what you get when you try to convert a Goyim. <laughs> I said, no way. No way. Right, right. Nobody. Sh- it should be. It should be on if somebody wants to. Exactly, like Sammy Davis Jr. He wanted. It's like you realize that Tom Hanks wanted to convert to the Greek Orthodox faith. Yes, he had to be out of his mind because if you go to a Greek Orthodox uh, ceremony, first of all, it's all in Greek. Yes, it goes on for like four hours and hours and hours. You know, there's no such thing like a truncated ceremony or, you know, like a folk mass. It's none of that. They're old school. And he converted because of his wife. And I'm saying to myself, what is wrong with these people? Well, I guess it's a personal decision. It's really up to the person if it's good for him. Yeah, but the problem is, Andrea, when when people convert to a religion, they become zealots because they have to prove that they really are what they converted to more so than those that were born and raised in that religion. So they try to out out religion you. And if you happen to be a Catholic or a Protestant or Jewish or Greek Orthodox, they they, they have to show that, oh, no, 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 no. I'm going to tell you what Scripture says. And I look at them and I say, wait a second. You just said. Jesus Christ, my Lord and Savior, uh, you were a murderer, you were chased in skirts, you were a drinker, you were forgiven for all your sins, and now you're going to tell me how to be a Christian? Are you out of your mind? <laughs> yes, that happens, but sometimes it happens because someone really does feel um, more of a connection to that religion, and and it was by choice, not because they're born into it. Now, With Andrea, I, I had a suggestion a while back, and all the religions uh, said yet to it. I said, remember the old Alexander's near 59th Street and Lexington Avenue? Yes. Okay, so for a while there, it was empty. And I said, you know, that should become the uh, department store of religions. On every floor, there should be different proponents <laughs> of different religions and you could go shopping, you know, if you wanted to be Hare Krishna, they'd have a little booth. Reformed Jews would have a booth, conservative Jews. They'd yeah. all have their own booth. So you could actually sit with them. They could talk to you. It's a one-stop shopping, you know, four floors, five <laughs> floors. And, you know, it's like when you go to Jerusalem, if you go to uh, where uh, Jesus Christ was buried, there are like 10 different religions that occupy that space. Sure. <laughs> and and they're constantly battling one another, whether they're Orthodox Christians or Roman Catholics uh, or all different strains, Coptic Christians. You know, they're right. at war with one another. But imagine you have a department store, five <laughs> stories in which you can go. And if you weren't happy with the religion that you are, you could even have the atheists, uh, the um uh, people who uh, believe in kissing trees or frogs, 
everybody would be there and you could go shopping. And maybe if you were happy with what you found, you would convert. Interesting idea. I'll remember that when I, uh, I'm a history teacher. So when I teach my class. I'll bring that point of view in. This would prevent a lot of problems uh, amongst people who are uh, wandering out there as if they were lost in the desert. See, if you notice, we Christians, we truncated 40 days in the desert, Jesus Christ, right? The Jews, 40 years lost in the desert. Notice you had like 5,852 commandments. We truncated it down to the Ten Commandments. Yes. I mean, think of that. 40 years the Jews roamed the desert. Uh, Jesus Christ, 40 days. Uh, I know. Ten commandments for the Gentiles, 9,852 commandments, the burning bush handed to Moses from Hashem. And also the service in, in synagogue is longer, too. Oh, and like then the cantor, the cantor gets maybe up. maybe an hour. The, cant, the cantor gets up, and the cantor's <laughs> got to sing. And, oh, man, you know, everybody, oh, I wish that cantor would shut up. He should, he should sing in the shower stall. He's horrible. I mean, it's true. And then, and then me, I'm the Gentile. So I got the two sons here in Hebrew school, right? So I'm yes. paying for them. And then all of a sudden they say, Curtis, you can't come to the beam. You can't come up to the beamer. Oh, I said, well, okay. I said, well, hold on. This is a conservative uh, synagogue. Right. Mm-hmm. I said, what is that? Is my check good? I said, yeah, it doesn't bounce, right? Yeah. I said, so you take my check, but I can't come up to the beamer. Yet, at the Reformed synagogue, yes. when my son uh, Carter had his bar mitzvah, I was up there right with him. Now, how do you figure that out? Because there are different interpretations, that's why. My grandfather was orthodox. He was actually a cantor and had a beautiful voice like an opera singer. But And then I'm more conservative. And actually now my dad is more reformed. So the reforms are a little more laid back. Well, not only that, I think the reformed appreciated my money more than the conservatives did. Yeah, 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 no Maybe. problem. Curtis, come up to the Beamer. I got to read. Oh, cool. I had no idea what I was reading. I didn't read from left to right. I just read whatever they put in front of me. It was great, but the conservatives said, no, we'll take your check as long as it doesn't bounce. But you can sit in the back, but you can't come up to the Beamer. Yeah, I guess they're a little more traditional. Oh, and forget it. Then you get deal with the Orthodox and the Hasidic. Hasidic, yeah. it's a whole different world, whole different oh, world. Yeah. Definitely. Although I will tell you, I've gone down into the basement of 770 Eastern Parkway, you know, where all the rabbinical students are studying, the old timers are studying, they're dawning, wow. they're reading for hours. I walk right in there like I own the joint. Oh, the guy, he's got the biggest keep off of all, the Red Beret. Well, because they won't stop you from coming in there and learning or reading or I'm sure you can go in there. Well, it's also different, different rules, because as you listen to the show, Andrea, you know, I drop a little Yiddish from time to time. Yes, you're very good at that. And then some of the rabbinical students who are not American because the Lubavitch come from all over the world. They hear the last name Shliva and they say to the other young, uh, the rabbinical students, hey, is he one of us? <laughs> 
you know, because they're ready to right away strap on whatever that is, the straps and the box on me and see if they can bring me back as lost sheep. And I said, <laughs> I'm, I'm an AMP Catholic, ashes on Wednesday, palms on Sunday. Uh, you don't see me for a month of Sundays. I'm lost from the Catholic Church. Don't ever think I'm going to convert to the Jewish faith. It ain't happening. No. <laughs> well, I want to thank you, Andrea, for this clear connection. Now we have one of the answers, Olina from Teaneck, where the Eruv, right? That's the correct uh, pronunciation of it? Yes, right, Eruv. Eruv uh, boxes in the Orthodox uh, Jewish community so that they can carry things that they normally might not be able to carry on Shabbat. Yes, especially keys. Right. And Andrea, there in Brooklyn, although you're not Orthodox, you are Jewish. I'm conservative. And so, oh, the ones who uh, wouldn't let me up to the Beamer, huh? You know, conservative reform. <laughs> well, you know, Republicans love you because most of them are conservatives. They have no idea what that means in terms right. of religion. But you also have a connection to Hashem, not JC. So I believe that whether you believe it was Marconi who invented the radio, whether you believe it was um, Tesla, whether you believe that it was... Um, Alexander Graham Bell, who invented the telephone, because our problems now with the telephone, Hashem has the answer. In this case, J.C. has failed me. He's failed me, Andrea. I don't think so. (laughs) Well, I I do appreciate that. I think this is it. If you worship Hashem, if you're Jewish, we're able to hear you. But you have to you have to be like in this case, Andrea, conservative, uh, Olina. Uh, but if you're Goyim like me, you're broken up. I guess JC has gone to sleep on us. I've been trying to call JC Jesus Christ. You know, like Ted Cruz. Ted Cruz claims, like Bush forty three, that he had conversations with Jesus Christ. I don't know why Jesus never answers my phone calls. What the <laughs> hell are you talking about? Talk radio, 77, W-A-B-C. New York's talk station with the king of New York. Curtis Lewa, 77 WABC. <laughs> small percentage have gotten through and they can be heard every weekend if not one thing it's another thing that is an impediment 
because it stands in front of me, the Cracker. Imagine that. It would have been Mayor Cracker Man. Eric Adams would have been cursing me publicly and under his breath. That Cracker got elected mayor. Can you believe that? And the guy gets away with it. That guy gets cold busted and gets away with it. And you know it ain't the first time he used that term. Ain't the first time. Anyway, our number is 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Tommy in Brooklyn. Your turn to be heard here on WABC, Tom. Yeah, hi. Um, about about uh, crackers, they're, um, that refers to like moonshining. And cracking corn. Hmm. You up here the song uh, Jimmy Crack Corn, I Don't Care? Yeah. Yeah. Well, cracking corn is like making moonshine. Oh. So those are like the good old boys living up in the hills. The hillbillies. You know, yeah, riding around in hoods and robes and burning crosses. Yeah, going, hee-haw! Exactly. Oh, I remember them, Forsyth County. Uh, it's outside Atlanta, outside of Marietta. Uh, there was a march um, uh, of the uh, Southern Leadership uh, Christian uh, Council. No, I'm not uh, not SNCC. No, Southern Leadership Christian something. Uh, and it was uh, Reverend Abernathy who was uh, leading it. And they were attacked by these uh, white racists uh, who were in this trailer park, three-eyed cousin fornicators. Uh, and they were they were brutally attacked, and nobody in Georgia, the state of Georgia, would do anything. Uh, so the uh, members of the organization reached out to our Atlanta group, the chapter, and I came down there with a bunch of other guardian angels from around the country. We went into Forsyth County uh, because uh, Reverend Abernathy was coming back to make sure that he wasn't going to be run out. We protected them. And guess who got arrested by the GBI, just like the FBI? Georgia has a GBI, Georgia Bureau of Investigation. Tom, guess who got arrested? Uh, couldn't be you, could it? It was me and Hiram <laughs> Wiggins, uh, who was from Los Angeles. Uh, they picked us up because they said, we've got intel uh, that the local rebels flying the uh, stars and bars, the flag of treason in their pickup trucks, where they all had shotguns, uh, they had just been drinking their Southern Comfort, and they were going to come and string both of us up uh, right outside the trailer park. So they arrested us, they said, for our own protection. Uh, but I've been arrested. Yeah, I've been arrested many times. I was in the county jail there, and they made the best pancakes in the world. They had sausages, bacon, pancakes, eggs. Man, that was the best lockup I ever had, Tom. Hmm. See that? You learn things, right? You, you listen, it's a stream of consciousness. Who would have thought that this northern guy would have been down in Forsyth County? Hee-haw! Man, that is, <laughs> that is clan country. To try to help Reverend Abernathy get back in there after they had been beaten so savagely uh, by clan members. And the by governor, the crackers. By yeah, crackers. By yeah. crackers. The governor at that time would not help, would not send in the guard. Uh, only when we went in and uh, we were being attacked and threatened uh, did he bring the National Guard in and then Reverend Abernathy. Uh, and uh, let's see, he was from uh, Shreveport, Louisiana at that time. Comedian, name is coming to me, uh, quite famous at that time, African-American, one of the first. 
but also very political. He was there. It'll come to me moment. Oh, he had the uh, uh, Bohemian diet. Remember where you could lose like four thousand, yeah, yeah, yeah. four thousand eight hundred and fifty-two pounds. In fact, they had the one guy in Long Island. They had to break through the side of his house. They had to put him in a baby grand piano. Cambridge. That's right. Uh, That's right. And bring him to the hospital. And then he was fed his bohemian diet. And he went from like 8,000 pounds down to. That's right. In fact, he was a uh, regular guest on the Don Iman show. You see, I know everything uh about the guy except his name. How do you like that? How do you like that? Jeffrey Cambridge, right? No, no, no. Oh, it was not. It was not. Who, 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 who am I talking about, ladies and gentlemen? What comedian at the time in the 60s, African-American, very political, uh, was he and Reverend Abernathy that we escorted to make sure they would not be attacked by the Klan a second time? Uh, came from uh, Shreveport, Louisiana. Came up with the uh, Bohemian Diet. Uh, you can go from 8,000 pounds to like 80 pounds. I don't know what the hell he had in there. Probably speed. <laughs> You'd lose, oh, man, meth. Bathtub meth. you lose pounds quick that way. 1-800-848-9222. That's 1-800-848-WABC. Let's go to the other Tommy in Brooklyn. We go from one Tommy in Brooklyn to another Tommy in Brooklyn. Your turn to be heard here at WABC, Tommy. Curtis, I've had many days. Yes, Tom. Uh, I want to say I, I want to say to you that uh, I love the theater of the Marines. It's, it's been really good to me. I, I, I'm a veteran, combat veteran. I I got PTSD. And it's been really good to me. Um, I'm not, we're actually having a, a feedback problem here, so I just want to say thank you. And one last thing um, about Steve, the, the guy who had a drinking problem. There's a place called Graymore, upstate New York. Maybe you give them my name and they, uh, they help out. All right. Uh, I'm going to go off because we're bumping off. We're going crazy right now. All but right. It's great, to, it's great that you're here. It's great that you and, and uh, ABC has done so well for me. Thank you very much. We appreciate that, Tommy. The other Tommy in Brooklyn. Now, that connection was not as good as the previous time. So I don't know if it comes down to whether you had a brisk or you didn't have a brisk. There's got to be something. Yeah, I, I think I'm going to have to ask the mail callers if they've had a brisk, and that will determine uh, whether we're getting uh, better conductivity on the AT&T phone system. It could, it could well be the case. Let's go to Max in the Bronx. Your turn to be heard here at WABC, Max. The answer is Dick Gregory. That is correct. That is correct. Uh, I, I I knew everything about him other than his name, right, Max? And I've had a brisk, too. Oh, okay. Oh, you notice. Notice it's crystal clear, Max. Okay. Are you reformed, conservative? Orthodox. Or, orthodox. Okay, so now we've had the reformed woman. We've had, that was Olena. We've had the conservative woman, uh, Andrea, from Brooklyn. We've had you, Max, Orthodox from the Bronx. I'm assuming Riverdale, right? Correct. Okay. So why is it that the only phones that are working tonight are phones that are connected to Hashem and not JC? That's because it's, it's divine providence. Divine providence, you see? Maybe maybe I should start davening and make peace with Hashem so that all of our Gentile, all of our Goyim callers can get through. 
That's right. And I, ho- I hope the crackers you're eating are kosher. Uh, wait a second. Let me see if the K is on there. Hold on. No, I don't see any K on this. Nope, nope. But, you know, Max, uh, I am the cracker man, according to Eric Adams. If I had become mayor, it would have been Mr. Cracker Man. Okay, glad to hear that. Yes, all right, Max. You see, there's something to this Jewish Gentile thing. Uh, I kid you not. Let's go to Robert in Annandale, New Jersey. Your turn to be heard here at WABC, Robert. Good morning, Curtis. I'm not going to ask how you are because I know you've had better days. Very good. I am a fellow cracker, and I am circumcised. <laughs> a fella, you know, we should have some kind of a uh, ambiance, some kind of a uh, sort of code language between crackers. Absolutely. You should have been mayor of New York City. Please run again. You will win next time. Now, could you have imagined, like- Robert, since this was said right at the beginning of the Democratic primary, like a month before Eric Adams announced, had had this come out when I was running against Eric Adams, uh, I might not have won, but oh, how much closer the election results would have been, Robert. Absolutely. Question for you. Yes. Do you remember your major campaign promise? Yes, I do, which was uh, to eliminate, thrive, and to prosecute... Yes. Uh, Bill de Blasio and his wife, Charlene, for stealing one and a quarter billion dollars over five years, uh, a program that did not help one emotionally disturbed person, and we never got an accounting for where the money went. Do you think we ever will, Curtis, or will he just sail off into the sunset with his billion-plus dollars? Well, that's why you have to have a two-party system, Robert, because uh, if we had Republicans uh, that had subpoena power in the city council or subpoena power as uh, attorney general in the state of New York or the controller of the city of New York, we could have subpoenaed the records or the mayor could have subpoenaed the records, uh, uh, Department of Investigation. But he was protected. He was given immunity as a Democrat. Uh, Some Democrats would complain, but they never demanded uh, that the records be subpoenaed and the spreadsheets be laid out. Uh, But Eric Adams uh, has used some technology. They've renamed Thrive. It's a different name, same uh, lack of purpose. Uh, It's funded to the tune of $150 million this fiscal year. And it will do exactly what Thrive did, which is Jack Diddley squat nothing. Wow. It should be renamed Bribe, not Thrive. Absolutely. And I would bet you, Robert, that that money, one and a quarter billion dollars that was never spent on mental health, especially for the lost souls, those who are emotionally disturbed, who live in the subways, the streets and the parks, uh, that no doubt they probably have bank books uh, of a bank in Switzerland, the Cayman Islands or uh, Panama uh, or Dubai. Uh, I guarantee you they purloin the money, Robert. You will be the only honest politician when you win the mayoral race of New York City. Well, now think of the, the next four years. Think of the chutzpah, Robert. Uh, Bill de Blasio, who we thought we had lost. He went back. Uh, he's got two houses 
on uh, 7th Avenue and 11th Street. The mortgage is provided by the chief of staff of uh, Eric Adams, Frank Caron, who's a crook. So you know there's synergy there between de Blasio and Eric Adams and this guy, Frank Caron. Uh, it's interesting that he is now once again frequenting the Rastafari, who stands there right by the corner of the subway station near 7th Avenue and 11th Street in order to get his nickel and dime bags. And the Rastafari guy makes sure there's no seeds and stems so that him and Charlene can puff puff pass. But with the new congressional lines rejoined by the uh, supermajority of Democrats in the state Senate and in the state assembly, now signed into law by Governor Hokum. Remember, it's Hokum because she's full of nonsense. They have taken the Nicole Maliotakis district, the only Republican congressional district downstate in the city. And they have bifurcated it. So they have added on three Democrat liberal Socialist of America neighborhoods, Park Slope, Juanes, and Sunset Park. Uh, Max Rose wants to take on Maliotakis again. There will be a Democrat Socialist of America running, and Bill de Blasio will run for that seat. Now, he could conceivably win. He'll win Park Slope. He'll win Sunset Park. He'll win Gowanus. You can't even find a Republican in those areas. He'll win North Bay Ridge. And he might win North Shore, Staten Island. Maliotakis would win the South Shore, Mid-Island. Uh, South Bay Ridge, she would win, obviously, Diker Heights and those surrounding areas. But she could lose that district, believe it or not, to build a Blasio. They're going to end up raising millions and millions of dollars both sides because the Democrats will label Maliotakis uh, a trumper. And Bill de Blasio will be forgiven for his sins if he could take out Republican Maliotakis, the only uh, congressional uh, holder who is Republican downstate in the city of New York. Boy, have, have times changed. 1-800-848-WABC. Let's go to David in Jersey City. Your turn to be heard here at WABC, David. Hey, Curtis. Uh, great show, sir. Thank you, Dave. Hey, uh, uh, I heard you talking about uh, uh, the word... Uh, um, um, uh, a cracker for the most time this evening. And I just wanted to uh, uh, add uh, add something that I've uh, recently learned. Actually, I didn't even know what it meant, but I didn't think that it was uh, all that disparaging. I first heard of it uh, in the, the movie Deliverance in 1972, uttered by Burt Reynolds. And uh, it was about uh, um, um, a white person's... Um, in the Appalachians, and I did take the opportunity to um, look up in a 1972 Webster's Dictionary, and uh, aside from the crackers, I mean, I mean the the, um, the biscuits, which were uh, obviously crackers. Uh, the uh, third or fourth definition is quote. An impoverished white person in the rural sections of the southern United States, especially in Georgia and Florida, and it notes conspicuously contemptuous term. Yep. Yes. Uh, and, and that's end quote. Yes. End quote. Contemptuous term. And anybody can get uh, any more info about uh, about that on. Uh, 
Google. Now, uh, question, question, uh, David, uh, what part of Jersey City are you calling from? What part of Jersey City? Yes. Well, near Tunnelly Avenue. Okay. You know, the worst part of traffic. No, no, I know. I know. That's near the tunnel, right? Well, well, it's about uh, two two miles from the tunnel. All right. I got my GPS off, but the reason I'm asking is you're coming in clear. Uh, this is a major breakthrough. Are you a are you Jewish or are you a Gentile? Well, I'm a Gentile. Oh my God, we've broken through. JC has heard our prayers. You are the first Gentile to have a clear line this evening. Do you realize that, David? No, I did not. I did not know that. And you have you're not hearing an echo, right? Yeah, I am. Ah, all right. So we we're, we're halfway there. We're halfway there. So David. Uh, you've been very kind to explain that. He is a Gentile. He partly got through. He's hearing an echo. You know what that may be? Last week, I asked you who sang the song Echo from the Planetones. And I'm going to ask you again. Who sang that famous story, uh, song, the Echo, the Echo song on the Planetones, used to be a featured singer on Jay Black and the Americans? one 800 That's one 800 wabc Let's go also to from one Dave to another Dave in Greenwich Village. Your turn to be heard here at WABC, Dave. Hey, what's going on? Listen, uh, I love your sleepwallisms. Great mind. And uh, as far as J.C. is, you know, that connection to Hashem, Yahweh, Elohim. Uh, you know, I'm a Gentile too, but they say in the Bible some about when you believe in JC, uh, that you're saved through the Jewish people. Aren't you married to a Jewish wife? Not quite there. He's a little broken up, right, Bruce? A little broken up, but he did acknowledge he's a Gentile. So we're continuing to have some problems. Maybe we should just ban Gentiles from calling. You know, Goyim, don't call tonight until we figure this out. Maybe we should just have the chosen people call because it seems they have the best connections. I don't know what it is. It's not conspiratorial. Uh, it's cert- certainly not anything that Whoopi Goldberg would have been uh, commenting on. I think we'll give Whoopi a rest uh, this morning. We'll probably talk about her uh, uh, maybe tomorrow morning, you know, because she has um, – culturally appropriated a Jewish name, right, Goldberg? I I think she went to Washington Irving High School. I'm not sure. I don't think she finished Washington Irving. It used to be all girls right down there uh, near the Lower East Side, 14th Street. used to be all girls. Now it's boys and girls. It's so much better when it was all girls. I can't tell you how many guys would actually hang outside of Washington Irving High School. I believe. That my mother-in-law actually went to Washington Irving High School. Yes, she was living in Greenpoint at the time, Polish-American, Greenpoint, taking the train, the G train, uh, to uh, Lorimer, switching to the L train, taking it to 3rd Avenue, and then wash, walking to Washington Irving High School. It's all girls at the time. I think this may be correct, although we need to check on this. Joyless Behar of The View, I believe, went to Washington Irving. I could be wrong on that. 
In fact, Joyless Behar was mid-morning when uh, it was Angels in the Morning. Curtis and Lisa at the time, which wife was mine? Was that the, oh, second one. Lisa, now Evers, uh, Fox 5, Channel 5. Angels in the Morning, 91 to 94. We were the morning drive team. And Joyless Behar was the mid-morning. And then she was replaced by Lynn Samuels. Lynn Samuels went back and forth. Lynn Samuels, quite a corker, quite a character. But I termed the uh, the name Joyless Behar when she was our colleague here at WABC. <laughs> ah, Joyless Behar, what a piece of work. I went to her father's funeral. Let me tell you something. In North Williamsburg, near Driggs. Oh, my God, every wise guy in Williamsburg was there. Uh, I, yeah, I'm not saying Joyless Behar was connected. She was Italian. Her husband was Jewish. That's how she got the name Behar. But let me tell you something. The wise guys in that wake there were eyeballing me, eye-fornicating me, mad-dogging me. Yeah, Joy Bayless. Oh, yeah, Joyless Behar was a colleague of ours here at WABC. New York's talk station with the king of New York. Curtis Lewa, 77 WABC. To the phone, Snoop Doggy Dog and Dr. Dre is at the dope. Ready to make an entrance, so back on up. Before I have to pull the strap off the cut, give me the microphone first so I can bust like a bubble. Hopping and Long Beach together, now you know you in trouble, cause ain't nothing but a G thing. Baby, too low, death G, so we crazy. Death Row is the label that pays, man. Unfatable, so please don't try to fake this. But uh, back to the lecture at hand. Perfection is perfected, so I'm gonna let them understand. From a young G's perspective. And before me, they got a trick, I have to find the contraceptive. You never know, she could be earning her man and learning her man. And at the same time, burning her man. Now, when she burning, I'ma chill for a minute. Cause ain't no loving good enough to get burned while I'm offending. Yeah. And that's relevant, real deal, holy feel. And now you hookers and hoes know how I feel. Well, if it's good enough to get off of a proper chunk, I take a small piece of some of that funky stuff. It's like this and like that and like this, and uh, it's like that and like this and like that. And it's like this and like that and like this and a Drake Creek at a mic like a fan. Well, I'm keeping and I'm keeping and I'm Oh, man, Dr. Dre. Now, when he came out with those uh, headphones, I became a billionaire with the freaking headphones. Ah, 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 Dr. Dre and Snoop Dogg, Crips, Crips for life. Uh, the hydraulics there, what was that, the Chevy Impala, whatever, Pontiac, I don't know what car that was in Long Beach. But Dr. Dre and Snoop Dogg just cripping along there, hardcore. What is this, nothing but a G thing, right? Nothing but a G thing. Anyway, the reason we're playing this is because this might as well be CIA criminals in action. Snoop Dogg and Dr. Dre. Well, Snoop Dogg a while back as he was cripping through Long Beach and in Compton and Englewood. All these places that I've had problems with these guys and guys like them with the Guardian Angels. He did a drive-by shooting. Yeah, Snoop himself. He was ID'd by some of the witnesses. He killed a guy. Cold-blooded murder. 
And then naturally in court, when they came into L.A. County Court, it wasn't Judge Ito of O.J. fame. No, 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 no. Another judge. But none of the witnesses could seem to remember that it was Dr. Excuse me, Snoop Dogg, who was the gunman in the drive-by. Now, how could you confuse Snoop Dogg? Because there had to be a plume of smoke that came out of the window when he cranked it down so he could stick his nine out there and do a drive-by. The guy is constantly smoking ropes of dope. But all the witnesses said they couldn't remember. They couldn't remember. They had dementia. They had Alzheimer's. The coat of Omerta. Snitches get stitches and end up in ditches. So Snoop Dogg walked. Snoop Dogg walked. To the next episode. And think of it. Snoop Dogg has been chosen along with Dr. Dre. They'll probably come in. With the uh, car doing the hydraulics, you know, kaboom, kabong, kaboom, kabong. Has been chosen to perform halftime of the Super Bowl. And I want I want you to hear our own Greg Kelly. You can hear Greg Kelly doing a great job, one to three. He really has got attention deficit disorder, which makes him a great talk show host. He also has a stream of consciousness. And here was Greg Kelly trying to emulate. The Snoop Doggy Dog lyrics. There's really, really bad stuff in here. Uh, for instance, all you N-words out there, take your guns that you using to shoot each other and start shooting these blank, 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 MFing police. That'll impress a MFer like me. Okay, Snoop, gotcha. And here's more. Dipping through the city with a Glock in a Range Rove. If you <laughs> sleeping, probably not with the same. Oh, <laughs> uh, let's, let's face it, Greg Kelly, he's a cracker. I mean, come on, man. You open up your mirror and Webster Dictionary. <laughs> you look up the term cracker and you see a picture of Greg Kelly. Did you hear him riffing on that Snoop Doggy Dog rap? Can I hear that again? This white boy, uh, he tried. He tried. Greg Kelly tried. Uh, give him credit. He is right. This is one of Snoop Dogg's favorite, uh, famous songs talking about killing police. There's really, really bad stuff in here. Uh, for instance, all you N-words out there, take your guns that you using to shoot each other and start shooting these blank, 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 MFing police. That'll impress a MFer like me. Okay, Snoop, gotcha. And here's more. Dipping through the city with a Glock in a Range Rove. If you sleeping, probably not with the same hoe. <sighs> we think Greg Kelly could have made it with the Beastie Boys. No. Third base. No. Or how about Slim Shady Man? Eight Mile. No. But he tried. We give him props for trying. But let's face it, man. He sounded like a cracker there. Come on, Greg Kelly, you don't like Eric Adams, so he would have called you a cracker and definitely your daddy, Ray Kelly, the longest-serving police commissioner for 12 years. In fact, it was Eric Adams that said he was in a meeting of many white shirts, uh, you know, white shirts in the police department, whether they're black, white, Hispanic, Asian males, females, uh, whether they're homosexuals, heterosexuals, transgenders, it doesn't matter. They have immunity. And he claimed after that meeting that Ray Kelly said some racist things about young black men. Nobody else in that meeting seemed to have recalled that. 
except for Eric uh, Adams. And he was not the only African-American police officer in that meeting. So obviously, uh, Greg Kelly's got reason not to like Eric Adams. But, man, can we can we send a memo to management that in the future, Greg Kelly should not be doing rap lines. He is like so out of it. He he's a white boy who can't jump. He's a white boy who don't have rhythm. Probably can't dance and certainly can't rap or sing. One one eight hundred eight four eight WABC. That's one eight hundred eight four eight nine two two two. Let's go to Gary in Inwood. Uh, your turn to be heard here at WABC, Gary. Good morning, Curtis. But uh, Greg Kelly could still fly a jet. That's true. Uh, That's part two. Excuse me for interrupting you. As far as the song Echo, yes, that would be Kenny Vance. That's right, Kenny Vance and the Planetones, uh, Echo of My Mind, right? Yes, and one more, if I can, from last week, you ran out of time, you were asking a question about the Kanish and the Mustard. Yeah, yeah go ahead. Uh, nobody seemed to be able to get what you got. I, I believe it's Hebrew National. You are correct, Gary. In fact, you scored the Daily Double today. Kenny Vance... Of the Planetones, echo in my mind. And what do you what do you put in the middle of a knish with all the salt on it that'll give you high blood pressure? You put Hebrew National Mustard. I'll sleep good tonight, my friend. Yeah, and we're not going to promise to send you a Frank Morano WABC cap because you'll never get it. I already have one. Oh, you did? You received it? Was that by Pony Express? Uh, some very, very old gentleman who could hardly make it to the door. Wow, this is incredible. Gary's like the first caller that I've heard who has said he's actually gotten the Frank Morano WABC cap. That's amazing. And he scored the daily double. Uh, that That is really great. Wow. That's, it, 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 uh, and that, you don't think Frank is sending... Senior citizens to deliver this, you know, his uh, sickle fans, toadies and lackeys, his groupies, because we know Frank, Frank Morano loves Al Jolson. He is the president of the Al Jolson Society. He loves Eddie Cantor and he loves Rudy Valley. Brother, can you spare a dime, especially in the silent movies? 1-800-848-9222. That's 1-800-848-WABC. Uh, let's go to Craig. Where are you calling from, Craig? Curtis, what's happening? Yeah, where are, you, where are you calling from, Craig? Madison, Connecticut. Wow, where is Madison, Connecticut? It's on the shoreline. Okay. About 12 oh. miles past New Haven. Okay, all right, all right. I know New Haven well, had Guardian Angels there. Well, that can be a tough city. I'm getting the echo. You're getting the echo. You're getting the uh, Kenny Vance echo. Yeah, it, it, it repeats what you say. Ah, how do you like that? You know, and, and by right. the way, do you happen to be a Jewish or a Gentile? I'm white. This can be. Wow. And, you, uh, you could be an Ashkenazi Jew. Are you a Jew or a Gentile? I'm a Catholic. Okay, you're Goyim. You're Goyim. Okay. You see, I, we're, so, we're trying to figure out what's causing the echo. And we think it's maybe people's religious affiliation. No, it's something on your side. Oh, so you're going <laughs> to blame our side? Maybe it's your side in Connecticut. 
Yeah, right. Oh, why? Your stuff don't stick? I can stick? call anybody else and I don't get an echo. Wow. That's, you can call anybody Hello? else and you don't Hello? get... Wow. <laughs> you don't get an echo. No, not with anyone else. I'm telling you. I, I, I got to get to the bottom of this. Dan, you understand our head engineer, he's over at Bada Bing, uh, which is uh, a strip joint that was made famous and infamous in, in The Sopranos. It's right next to our 50,000 powerful watt uh, tower of power in Lodi. And he gets all he's these. in the back room smoking crack. Yeah, he must be. And getting brumskis and lap dances, Craig. <laughs> I'm telling you, man. Right. This is disconcerting. This is an act of sabotage of the worst uh, type. You know, you talk about hackers. You know, hackers hack News America marketing. The Murdoch company, uh, you know, part of it is Fox News and its other entities. I think what's happened here is that we've been hit uh, by a series of hackers on the telephone lines. But unfortunately, our head engineer is being uh, is too busy being pleasurized by those uh, pole dancers at, uh, oh, God, Satin Dolls. That's its real name. 1-800-848-9222. That's 1-800-848-WABC. Let's go to Diane in Elizabeth, New Jersey. Your turn to be heard here at WABC, Diane. Yeah, uh, hi. Hi, Curtis. I'm getting a double thing, too, but maybe you can hear me anyway. I can, I can hear you. Do you happen to okay. be a Gentile or a Jew? Uh, yes, 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 I am. Okay, all right. Then maybe that maybe that's the reason. Go ahead. Go ahead. I keep hearing about Al Sharpton's threat to cause unrest at the Super Bowl if certain things aren't addressed about racial problems with the NFL. Do you know what he's talking about? Yes, yes. Uh, the uh, former head coach. Oh, wow, you're a heavy breather here, Diana. <laughs> Would you, were you ever a smoker in your life? Many years ago. And, and what brand did you smoke, Virginia Slims? Oh, always menthol. Menthol, oh, wow. So, yeah. wow, oh, oh, Newports, right? Yeah, probably, yeah. Yeah, do you realize? Whatever was on sale. <laughs> you, re- you realize, Diane, that Newports, menthols are like currency in jail? Oh, no. When I got locked up, let me tell you something. Everybody was like, hey, you want to, you want to, mentor, mentors, two bucks, regular cigarette, a dollar. Okay. Wow, you don't seem to be all that interested. I guess you. No, I want to know what's your comments. Well, you know what the. Uh, Al oh, Al Slim. I don't know what he's referring to. Al Slim Shady Shopton. So let me take you back. There is a connection here. And it actually uh, is the school that Sid Rosenberg went to, Poly Prep very prestigious private high school. It's not a religious school. Uh, Arthur Idala went there, Joe Takapina, Dick Kotite, who was the uh, tight end uh, for the Philadelphia Eagles, then became the, the failed coach of the New York Jets, maybe the worst coach in the history of the Jets, grew up on Staten Island. A lot of guys who went to lived in Staten Island came across the plank. We called it the Guinea Gangplank, the Verrazano Bridge, and went to Poly Prep. Well, this guy Flores, who is a very good coach, he was the general, he was the uh, the coach of the Miami Dolphins for three years. Uh, he had gone to poly prep himself. He grew up in a family of six, uh, six uh, brothers in the projects in Brownsville. So he, he had a tough upbringing. 
uh, he rose through the ranks with the New England Patriots with Coach uh, Belichick, and then finally got his chance with the Miami uh, Dolphins uh, with this guy Ross, who owns uh, Hudson Yards and almost everything else, Soul Cycles and all these other places. Uh, and uh, uh, he was fired. And he said that he went and he interviewed with the uh, Denver Broncos. Uh, he interviewed with the New York Giants. Uh, I forget who else he interviewed in, but he wasn't being given a fair opportunity. They were basically just interviewing him because they had to uh, fulfill a quota of interviewing uh, X number of uh, people of color for uh, for coach positions. And uh, what happened was Coach Belichick in New England, in New England, that had been his mentor inadvertently text to him and said, oh, I understand you're the coach uh, of the New York Giants. Congratulations. And he said, it's the wrong Brian. This is Brian Flores. And Belichick uh, said, oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I didn't. So you see, Belichick already knew that he wasn't, he wasn't the... going to get it. Yeah. Right, right. So what, what Sharpton is saying is that this rule that was adopted years ago to give people of color an opportunity. Because let's face it, most of the people who play NFL football, like 80% are African-American or they're from uh, Haiti or the West Indies. Uh, and then and that's, that's not reflected in the uh, coaches. Okay. Uh, assistant coaches, yes, but not the coaching. So now let's see where it all goes because uh, you got Al Slim Shady Sharpton looking to shake down the NFL, Roger Goodell. Goodell's a crook. He, he should have been removed from that position. He is, like, uh, completely out of control. Uh, so basically you got really two bad people who are going to be doing a cockfight in the middle of the Super Bowl. And watch, let's see how much money the NFL throws at Al Slim Shady Sharpton to make him go away. Wow, you're, you're a heavy breather, Diane. No, I don't think the threat, these threats that we have to ha- go through to ruin something if, just uh, when you don't get your own way. Listen, I don't know if you agree with that or listen, not. Listen, let me tell you I, something about Roger Goodell, who actually used to be the driver, believe it or not, chauffeur for the previous uh, NFL commissioner, Pete Rozelle. Remember, the driver knows everything. Uh, was the son of the former U.S. Senator here, Republican here in New York State, Roger Goodell, was Senator Goodell. And he has always been nefarious, Roger Goodell, bad, bad commissioner. So you got a bad civil rights leader, Al Slim Shady Sharpton, looking to shake down the NFL that's worth billions. You got uh, Roger Goodell looking to protect these uh, pompous uh, jerks, owners of uh, NFL franchises like this guy Snyder. Snyder owns the Washington team, which is now renamed what? The Washington Commandos, Commanders, whatever that nonsense is. I'll never forget. Uh, oh, the Washington Commies? Yeah, yeah, probably. Anyway, Dan Schneider was the most obnoxious, pretentious, obstinate person I had ever met. And that's saying a lot. So at the time, the co-owner of the Washington Redskins was Fred Drasna, co-publisher of the New York Daily News. Good friend of mine, grew up in the Rockaways, became a cab driver, and he handled all the union activities with the Bonanno crime family. Uh, Mort Zuckerman was the main owner of the Daily News. So he invited me down to Landover, FedEx Stadium. I mean, what a performance they put on there. They might lose 70 to nothing. You get a performance from beginning to end. I mean, a halftime show, there are people flying in to the stadium. They've got... 
They got male, they got female uh, cheerleaders, bands. I mean, the whole nine yards, unlike the cheap marriage, they give you no halftime show, no cheerleaders, uh, or even the Jets. But the point is, is that Schneider would invite the the elite of Washington, D.C. into his box. It was this huge box, and all of his security would have these... These little earbuds in like they were members of the Secret Service. You would think this guy was the president of the United States. Uh, he had a drop-dead gorgeous wife. Dan Schneider did. Uh, Fred Drasner, same thing. Drop-dead gorgeous wife. I was sitting there minding my own business. And then all of a sudden, there was John Glenn, the U.S. senator from Ohio, right? Astronaut. I mean, all-American hero. And I knew John Glenn because... Uh, he had supported me when I started the Guardian Angels uh, in Cleveland, in Stouffer Square. Ron Model, the congressman, had invited me in from nearby Parma, in which they make the best pierogies in the world, Parma. Uh, and uh, Ron Model wanted to hang criminals in Stouffer Square, in Cleveland, downtown Cleveland. He wanted to hang them. So rather than do that, they said, well, why did you bring in the Guardian Angels instead? And we've been there ever since. So I'm sitting down, I'm talking with John Glenn. His wife is next to him. There's a whole bunch of other trendoids, uh, elected officials, media people from Washington, D.C., wondering what the hell Curtis Lee was doing there. And then Mrs. Glenn gets up and says to John Glenn, John, how did he get into the booth? He just floated in to FedEx Stadium. She thought that I had a jetpack on. And I descended into Landover Stadium because they did put on a performance like that, except it wasn't me. She insisted to her husband, John Glenn, they get into an argument there over me, screaming and yelling. A guy who could have been president of the United States, John Glenn, the all-American guy. The security had to take his wife away. She was dragged, kicking and screaming. John Glenn, he hadn't had a drink. Sober. They had, to, they had to restrain him. And everybody said, yeah, because you brought that guy Curtis Sliwa here. You see, he disrupted our cohesion, our synergy. I hate the owners of the NFL. Mara, they were from Spring Lake, the Irish Riviera on the Jersey Shore. They threw nickels around like manhole covers, cheapskates. They wouldn't allow for cheerleaders. Wouldn't allow. When the Jets moved from Shea Stadium, the days of Joe Willie Namath, to the Meadowlands, they said, you can't have cheerleaders. You can't have, you can't show us up. Oh, God. <sighs> you know, it's like, uh, it's like, uh, what can we say? Mm-hmm. It's like two evil forces in a brandy glass, like two scorpions in a brandy glass. You got Al Slim, Shady Sharpton, up to no good. And you got Roger Goodell, commissioner of the NFL. It deserves them both. Although I'll give you more details leading up to the uh, stupid bowl. We can't even call it Super Bowl, right? The game. How ridiculous is that? We're not permitted to call it the Super Bowl. We have to call it the game. F you, Roger Goodell. This is like the one time I hope that Al Slim Shady Sharpton of the National Action Network shapes him down. Shakes him down. 1-800-848-WABC. That's 1-800-848-WABC. Let's go to Dave in Greenwich Village. Uh, this is your second time around, isn't it, Dave? No, no, no I'm, I'm Dave from Greenwich, brother. I just want to say it straight. Uh, no, I say that in a positive way. 
You lied to me, Dave. This is your second time around. See, if you'd only told the truth, instead of being Pinocchio, instead of being a Kyakarao, I would have let you on, Dave. But you straight up lied to me. You lied to me, Dave. And by the way, he sounds like he's half in the bag, doesn't he? Totally. Sounds like a Frank Morano listening to me. Probably had too much fromage, too much cheese, uh, and too much cheap wine. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go, if we can, to Charlie in Hell's Kitchen. Your turn to be heard here at WABC, Charlie. Wow. Charlie went to sleep. This is incredible. Nobody goes to sleep on me. Man, I'm intense. I'm high energy, man. I'm like Red Bull on the radio. You don't go to sleep on me, Charlie. You Charlie Brown. Let's flip the script to Henry on the Upper West Side. Your turn to be heard here at WABC, Henry. Uh, hi. Uh, I, I, I'm hearing an echo, incidentally. Well, well you, uh, know, you, you know who that is. That's uh, Kenny Vance and the Planetones. Well, go ahead. Um, I was wondering, when you were running for office, did the National Republican Party ever uh, offer you or offer to train any of your people? No, the RNC wanted nothing to do with me, Henry. Okay. Uh, Are you the only one they've ever uh, uh, avoided, like the plague? No, no. Uh, they consider me an outlier. Uh, you know, some people call me a rhino, Republican in name only, because I wasn't a Trumper. Uh, so I didn't take umbrage to that. I say, hey, Curtis is what he is. You don't want to help me? That's fine. You know, I, I, I didn't get into this race expecting the RNC, the National Republican Organization, to help me. And were you the chief strategist for uh, fundraising and vote-getting, or... You had some professional guy. No, no. We uh, had a team effort. Uh, Rob Cole, who had uh, worked uh, for George Vitaki in his elections, uh, and then he was uh, assistant to George uh, when he was the governor for 12 years, and he had run other campaigns. Uh, we had other uh, folks who helped us uh, in terms of messaging and fundraising. Uh, we weren't large like the uh, Eric Adams campaign. They had 150 employees. Uh, we only had about seven. Uh, and were you lobbied uh, before you uh, uh, in, before the election date? No, nobody uh, nobody wanted me to run. Uh, the Republicans they all thought it was a publicity stunt. When John Katzmatidis, the owner operator of uh, Red Apple Media, decided he wasn't going to run, uh, that's when I told John, "Well, I'd like to run," and he gave me an opportunity to do that. Allowed me to uh, break from WABC. Uh, but there were Republican chairpersons in the boroughs who did not want me to run. Uh, thankfully, Staten Island GOP came through. They voted for me unanimously, gave me their nomination. Uh, then there was a, uh, a tough vote in the Brooklyn GOP, but Ted Gora, he gave me uh, the nomination. But not Manhattan, not Queens, not the Bronx. Uh, they gave it to Fernando Mateo. I crushed him, crushed him in the primary, 70 to 30. Never gave a concession uh, speech. Never made a call to me. Nobody has seen him since. He's MIA. Coming up now, we're going to do our own version. This is uh, where Frank Morano runs the scam. You know, what is that, uh, 10, uh, 10 questions in 60 seconds? 
and he offers you $1,000. Uh, he had two winners back-to-back, belly-to-belly. And let me tell you something, he's unable to pay. Uh, he's in hot water. Because remember, he had said, oh, no, 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 it'll be on my dime, right? So, you know, basically John Katsimatidis said, well, you thought you could do it yourself, smarty pants. Two in a row. And then the other day, it looked like a guy was going to get close. It looked like a guy was going to get close. And then they dropped the hammer on him. I think purposely. I think uh, Frank Morano could not afford to have to pay another $1,000 payout. Wait, wait, wait till you hear it. And then wait till you hear what he tells the contestant. Our number is 1-800-848-9222. That's 1-800-848-WABC. WABC. New York's talk station with the king of New York. Curtis Lewa, 77 WABC. This song specially created uh, for me, My Other Side of Midnight on the Weekends by bad boy David Crosby of Crosby, Stills, Nash & Young, which now together, along with Joni Mitchell, all four plus Joni Mitchell have cited against Joe Rogan and Spotify. They removed all their great works. We'll be discussing that up next. All of them in coalition. But this... Listen, listen, listen. What a great song. Specially made for yours truly. Tell me, what a great melody. David Crosby personally reached out to me and said, I want I want you to have this song as your theme song. Absolutely. Bravo, bravo, fortissimo, bravo. What does Frank Morano have? Some uh, garage band? Some low-budget amateur hour? God, you can't even touch this, man. I mean, that is a great song. But anyway, so here it was, back-to-back, belly-to-belly. Frank Morano had to pay out $2,000. I don't know where he got it from, what kind of vig, what kind of street points are there, because he doesn't have that kind of money. Uh, And then all of a sudden, he had somebody else get on the other morning. And I want you to listen to this, because this guy came close uh, without a uh, Denobola cigar. The Other Side of Midnight presents... It's the $1,000 Minute. Answer 10 questions correctly in one minute, and you could win $1,000. Here's your host, Frank Murata. Thank you, Chris Libertini. Let's say hello to Ray in Mineola. Hello, Ray. Hello, how are you? I am uh, going to be doing just fine as long as you have the wherewithal to answer 10 trivia questions in 60 seconds. You ready to go? 
I'm ready. I'm tired. You're tired? Well, you got to wake up, Ray. I need you at your. I need you at 100% here. Get, right. some, smack yourself in the face a little bit. I don't want you to blame fatigue if you don't get the questions right. All right. All right. I'm ready. All right. All right. Ready. Okay. Um, what do you call someone who visits outer space? Astronaut. What fast food restaurant is known for having golden arches? McDonald's. What Texas billionaire ran for president twice in the 1990s? Ross Perot. What color are Smurfs? Blue. Which White. pop artist said that in the future everyone would be famous for 15 seconds? 15 Andy minutes. Warhol. 15 minutes. Uh, what WA- right, correct. What WABC radio personality interviewed Mayor Eric Adams last week? Curtis Lewa. Unfortunately not, Ray. It was uh, our boss, John Katsimatidis, um, and uh, it was a good guess, though. What do you mean a good guess? There's no way that Eric Adams would be interviewed by the Cracker Man. You see see how Frank Morano was? And notice how Ray uh, got on the phone and said, you know, I'm tired. Of course, you listen to Frank Morano after a few uh, hours, anybody would get tired. They, they don't get energied up. They don't get pumped up like you do when you listen to me. Because maybe Frank was putting him to sleep while he was on hold to get suckered into that uh, $1,000 minute. And he thought I had interviewed Eric Adams. No way! But that's a typical Frank Morano listener, you know, sleeping uh, during the show, slacker, deadbeat, uh, nor do well. And obviously, uh, Frank Morano's style of broadcasting, you know, he has a lot of guests. Never forget, he had Dick Cavett on from Long Island. I thought Dick Cavett was dead. I had no idea that Dick Cavett was still alive. I thought he was a cadaver in formaldehyde. I'm listening, I'm listening. I can barely hear him. Next thing you know, I was cutting Z's. Uh, anyway, let's go back to the phones. Oh, wait, wait. Listen to what he had to say. Frank Morano to this caller, Ray. Now, we're going to give Ray a, um, a, a consolation prize of a WABC cap. Would you grab his information, please, Ray? And I want to reiterate. Uh, get, grab Ray's information. It, gra- I want to reiterate. If you have been promised a, a cap or something, and you have not received it, email me, frank.morano at wabcradio.com. I will get this taken care of today. I will work with Jake the Snake Roberts to get you your WABC swag. But if you don't email me and I don't hear from you, then how am I supposed to know there's a problem? Don't go running to Curtis or anybody else claiming that uh, I, I have treated you unfairly, here's your opportunity today. Email me today. Otherwise, we may have to suspend these. If people's hats are not going out, you know, we may have to suspend prizes for a while, consolation prizes. Wow. You notice he tried to do a red Chinese thing, block any of you from talking to me about how you got shafted uh, by that uh, uh Welcher. He's a Welcher, Frank Morano. He's basically telling you, don't complain to Curtis, even though many people have, because they haven't gotten their Frank Morano WABC caps. And then he's threatening to end the contest because he can't connect the dots 
and actually get you the booby prize that you want. Look at a guy like Ray, right? You really think Ray's going to get his his Frank Morano cat? Come on. Of course not. Ray will probably be sleeping through it. <laughs> sleeping through the delivery. By the way, I understand that Frank Morano, uh, the cheapskate that he is, if he were really a success, he'd be called frugal, but he's a cheapskate. He sends the parcel package United States Parcel Service. He doesn't believe in FedEx or UPS or DHL. He sends it COD. He makes you pay for the package he's sending to you. That actually costs you more than the WABC Frank Morano cap is worth. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Gina in Brooklyn. Your turn to be heard here at WABC, Gina. Hi, Curtis. How are you? Oh, oh I'm sorry. Uh, now, what are you sorry for? It came for? out too fast. Ex- it came out too fast. Explain, to the, explain to the audience what kind of a faux pas did you just commit, Gina? I asked you how you were. And what would my answer be? I've had better days. Very good. I, I give you dispensation. Okay. I give you dispensation. Thank you so much. You're welcome. You're priceless the way you talk about Frank. I got me in stitches over here. Oh, my God. Anyway, I wanted to talk to you about Washington Irving High School. Oh, did you, you go there? You want to know the real story, the real, the real way Washington Irving High School was run? Yes, yes. Okay. My sister and I went there in the early 70s after having been in Catholic school for eight years. And we thought, my mother thought it would be a nice, safe place for us to go. No boys fighting, no boys causing trouble. Well, there was fights. There were pregnant girls. There were girls bringing babies to school, baby daddies to school. It was in chaos. The whole place was in chaos. It turned into an inner city school by the time I went there. Well, you know, Gina, when I visited, I gave a presentation to Washington Irving. Mm -hmm. It uh, now had women and men, young men and young women. Right. And they referred to the different floors as tiers, as tiers. Oh, really? You know, fourth tier, third tier, second tier, first tier. And I said to the principal Uh and assistant principal and the dean, I said, why are you using a term that's used in jails, tier? Exactly, exactly. And they said, what are you talking about? I said, look, I've been locked up 76 times. Uh, when I would get locked up, they'd want to yeah. know what tier in what jail have you been assigned to? I said, why would you call this tiers? I said, these young men and young women know what a tier is. And it's sort right. of like you're already insinuating that you're preparing them for Rikers Island. You see? Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. What year was this that you gave the presentation? Oh, I would say it was probably 1996. 96. Well, it started to deteriorate when I went there. We couldn't learn anything. I had to leave in the third year. I couldn't take it anymore. I wasn't learning anything. It was chaos. And so, not, uh, not only that, fight. Gina, you were out. You were in the school with your sister, right? Yeah. All right. Uh-huh. And and the boys were hanging outside, right? Waiting for the the, uh, the bell to ring. Oh, that's even better. Let me tell you what happened to me. I used to have a rookie cop waiting for me every day. He had red hair and he would come in his police car, the patrol car, and he would wait for me to, to come out and then he would try to pick me up. Every afternoon, this went on. Now, now wait a second, Gina. This, <laughs> hold on a second. This was a cop? 
A cop, a rookie cop. All right, so was, was he, now the academy is over there, the 13th precinct, the academy was there before right. they moved it to College Point, or further That's south right. was the 9th precinct. Do you remember what precinct uh-huh. he was from? I don't know, he didn't tell me. I used to run away from him. Because I used to think the other girls would think I was in tight with the cops if I talked to them. Yeah, they would think you were. get a beat down. Right, they thought you were a snitch, that you'd be snitching them out, right? Exactly, exactly. Now, he was persistent. He would come ever. Because I used to come out at 4 o'clock. And that's when he finished his shift and he would come around. Would he come in a marked car in his police uniform? He would come in his patrol car in his uniform. Wow. Thinking, he could thinking that since he's a cop, I would be dying to go out with him. Why wow, he he could have gotten in a lot of trouble. I know, I know. <laughs> Boy, he must have really had the hots for you, Gina. <laughs> well, he he not only me, he was trying to pick up other girls too. All right, but he was a redheaded guy, right? A redheaded guy, yeah. Oh, that means he's yeah. Irish. He I, was an Irish guy. I never forgot that he had red hair, yeah. Yeah, yeah he was an Irish guy. Oh, the only yeah. Irish have red hair. You know what red hair means? <laughs> What's that? What does it mean? Oh, yeah, yeah. you don't know what red hair means. <laughs> oh, yeah, I know. <laughs> my, oh, no, my red hair. Oh, <laughs> my, yeah. Oh, God. Know. You know, today is National Wear Red Day. Uh, it's yeah. the color of the Lunar yeah. New Year. Exactly. But, yeah. I, but I got to tell you, uh, when you have red hair, oh boy, yeah. oh boy, something special uh, yeah. about that. It, it means. You have a temper. Well, well, first of all, it means usually you're Irish. I, yeah, you're Irish. I, outside of Dublin, when I was outside of Dublin, near Coolock, Finlock, Valley Fairmont. Valley Fairmont, yeah, mm-hmm. the towers there near the airport. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is like the South Bronx, uh, except oh, all, yeah. all white Irish yeah. guys. There was a dump there. Oh, my God. They had gypsies there who were all white, milk-skinned Irish men and women, and some of the women had uh, red hair. Oh, and they were gypsies? Gypsy, yeah. Gypsies started in India, and they spread all over Europe. Uh, They Uh were gypsies. uh, They call them Roma people. Uh, Romans, yeah. Right, mostly. I mean, uh, Romani. They call them Romani. Right, mostly in... uh, uh, mostly in Romania, Transylvania, yeah. and Hungary, but they were they were everywhere. I saw them in Russia and Moscow when I was there. Yeah, yeah. I really? saw them. Yep, I saw them in Paris. Oh my God. Uh, but Dublin, mm-hmm. I saw them. They they were in those little tinker uh, wagons, you know, uh, that they uh-huh. would uh, live out of, uh, and they were all milky white skin, and uh-huh. some of the women had red hair with red freckles. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you see? And they got a white. They were dressed like gypsies. They had scarves on their heads. Yeah, well, no, no. Russia, oh, Moscow, uh, in Moscow, the gypsy women had all gold teeth. All gold teeth. Oh, yeah. Yep, and they had the colorful scarves and they had the pleated the skirts. And the beads. Yeah, huge skirts, uh, really, like very colorful. But the whole idea is they would swarm around you like. Uh, like a uh, whirling dervish, and they pick your pockets. Oh, yeah, and they teach the kids to do that, too. They pick your pockets, or the kids they would grab pockets, something yeah. and just run. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Well, that's like 
That, that's like the school of the seven bells in Columbia. They teach you how to pick the pocket. Yeah, that's right. Columbians yeah. come up here. They learn there, yeah. No. They, work, uh, <laughs> the, they work the department stores uh, before the lockdown and yeah. pandemic. The uh, Columbians were the best at lifting wallets, cutting pocketbooks oh, yeah. with razors, straight-age razors. You wouldn't even feel that they had slit uh, the, no. uh, the, the strap that is holding the no. pocketbook uh, over your shoulder. They'd slit yeah. it and take it and go. And go. That's what they do. And see that, that's Gina? You learned a lot exactly. today, didn't you, Gina? That's it. That's it. And you see? That... I just wanted to tell you about Washington Irving. Oh, know? no, I know. But meantime, whatever became of that red-haired cop rookie Irish guy? Oh, I don't know. He stopped coming around after a while. Yeah, he was trying I to snack the on school, the girls there. The, girl, the school found out, and they bashed him. They yeah. told him you can't come around here. They yeah, but you, you, Gina, be honest. You didn't mind the attention, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> you didn't mind the attention, well, right? I'll tell you, so he was barely older than us. He was in his early 20s. Yeah, but, but still, you, you sort of, it, it was an ego boost for you that a copper. Yeah, I said, wow, this nice looking cop is after me. Look yeah, with red hair, too. Yeah. <laughs> I know, right? You Next know, question. but you, you have no idea what red hair means, do you, Gina? <laughs> well, well, you you mean it means something that you're not telling me what it means. Well, that's why I'm I'm opening up the question because, you know, Frank Morano said, oh, trivia doesn't lead to discussion. Can you find that cut there, uh, Bruce? Because Frank Morano couldn't be more hopelessly wrong. Right here, I'm throwing out the question. Uh, What, when a person has red hair, usually they're Irish, but not always. What does it mean? 1-800-848-9222. That's 1-800-848-WABC. Again, trivia questions aren't great talk topics, you know, because once we learn it, it's kind of over. But it is interesting. I would not have guessed that. You wouldn't have guessed any of this, Frank. What the hell would he know about gypsies, Roma people? He knows nothing. He wouldn't even know where gypsies originally, uh, their origin was. India, you know, where the country India, the subcontinent is. Anyway, our number is 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to David in Comac, Long Island. Your turn to be heard here at WABC, David. Hey, Curtis. I figured out why the phone uh, system uh, is so screwed up. Oh, why is that? Because a lot of people are probably calling you from a cell phone. Well, that's true, but they do that all the time. Why would it be different now? Because I'm calling you from a landline phone. Ah, so you think the landline gives us the clarity, the cell phones, there's the breakup. Yep. Now, that may be true because I don't I don't talk to guests, but generally uh, when I did years ago when we'd interview guests, uh, the producer generally would say, uh, could you give us the telephone number to a landline instead of interviewing them on a cell phone, which always uh, had the potential of of either shorting out or getting static. Hello? Hello? See that? He tried to say that was a perfect connection, right? You saw he introduced me to Mr. Click. I was having a great old conversation with him. He wasn't paying attention to me. He was thinking, you see, this is what happens with some callers. They're thinking about what they're going to say next instead of listening and having a conversation. 
you know, they're like smarty pants. This guy sounded like a smarty pants. Hey, I got a landline. That's why you can hear me clear as a bell. I don't have no stinking Obama phone. I don't have no Motorola burner phone, you know, that I use uh, once a month uh, so that I can communicate with my gumada and my wife never finds out. Or like drug dealers, you know, they have like three of those burner phones. Ah, what a Weisenheimer that guy was. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Frankie in Glendale. Your turn to be heard here at WABC, Frankie. Hey, good morning, Curtis. Listen, got this echo now on the phone. Uh, uh, Curtis, the, the, the meaning of the red hair is there's a thousand devils in one hair. Wow. And where did you learn that, Frankie? Well, I had this German girlfriend. Uh, who, uh, she had red hair, and uh, the carpets matched the red strips. She had uh, thousand devils in each hair. Mm. And she was German. Yeah. Now I got to tell you, that's that's a little unusual. I've I've never really seen uh, German men or German women with red hair. It's usually synonymous to the Irish. Yeah, but she was German. Was she hot to trot? Yeah. Ah, you love that redhead, didn't you? That was very interesting. It's like Maureen O'Hara. Remember the great actress Maureen O'Hara? She would play uh, like an Irish character, and she was there with John Wayne, and John Wayne was wearing his Irish walking cap, and he had his shillelagh, and he was kissing the Blarney Stone, chasing the leprechauns for the pot of gold, and was distracted by Maureen O'Hara. She was a piece of work. Oh. Drop dead gorgeous, Frankie, and with red hair. But I don't, I don't, I don't know if that's what it means. No, 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 no. Close, but no. Uh, Cohiba cigar, the illegal cigars from Cuba that everybody seems to have. I don't know why they're illegal any longer. They all seem to be smoking them. Our number is one eight hundred eight four eight nine two two two. What is the uh, meaning? Behind the fact that somebody is birthed with red hair, not that they dyed their hair, like Lucille Ball. Lucille Ball was a redhead. And Lucille Ball believed uh, that it better red than dead. That was the statement made in the Cold War. Being a commie was preferable to the prospect of nuclear war annihilation. So it was either commie domination, you convert, Versus nuclear annihilation, and there were some out there that believed better red than dead. Yeah, Lucille Ball and her family were card-carrying communists. But J. Edgar Hoover of the FBI uh, never revealed that. Hardcore, upstate New York. Natural redhead. What does having red hair mean? 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Saul in uh, Riverdale. Your turn to be heard here at WABC, Saul. Pizza, go Buchanan. Ah, so that's Steve from Manhattan. Instead of Steve just getting on. I'm on the other line there, Curtis. No, no, I understand. I'm on all two hours. I know, but why? Why not just call up Steve from Manhattan? Because I am already on hold on the other line. Yeah, but why? Why why do you do that, Steve? Why do you torture yourself, Steve? You on how many lines, Steve? 
Well, Steve's on the other line there for two hours. No, no, I know that. But, uh, but Steve, can we tell the audience that? Yeah, but I don't Steve, think we should tell that to the audience. Yeah, I think if you would just uh, own up, you know, be Steve of Manhattan, the person you've always been for over 30 years, uh, listening to talk radio, going back to the king of talk radio, Bob Grant, uh, you could then at the end of your riff, because sometimes you give some really good riffs, you can just do the hashtag Go Buchanan, Go Buchanan, Go Buchanan. What about when you release a filled in for Bob Grant? Yeah, that's the right. Remember? I remember the afternoon. You, you love Bob Grant in the morning. You went back to the morning show. You and Lisa were giving Grant the uh, the work over there. That's right. But it was Bob Grant who gave us a chance when he went away on those cruises. He liked to schnore those cruises with the uh, with the listeners. Uh, we had our chance in the afternoons. They loved Lisa, the suits. They hated me. And then when Bob Grant came back, he said to the suits, the mockers, the muckety mucks, no, 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 you got to keep Curtis on with Lisa. He knows where all the bones are buried and who buried them. He, he's the one who made them hire me. I know that. Grant had a lot Grant had a lot of guys that would fill in for him, become big, but you would give him credit. But when you went back to the morning show, you and Lisa would basically run, the, run him over with a truck from the rear. And, and also, listen, Curtis. Yes. These... This guy Adams, right, in that in that audio, the this the country should know this. He goes, he gave a a butt kick into the offices. What he really meant was he was he was doing a number on the politicians because the guys he served with were born in the fifties and sixties. Believe me, folks, those guys he wouldn't mess with those guys. And he also the sergeant's exam from the eighties where he was probably the minority who got the fifty and white candidates got hundreds and they gave the sergeants uh, promotion to the minorities who failed the test. The whole thing should come out. The whole truth should come out. And uh, you see, Steve, you're absolutely correct. If you would just have a normal conversation with me, it would be my pleasure because uh, you have a wealth of information. You go way back more than 30 years as a talk radio uh, listener and contributor. So you don't really have to pretend to be like uh, Sybil, uh, you know, with nine different personalities. Well, that's that, that's the other show with you. Sometimes you morph into that other guy. You should, you should as soon as you do that. If I was the producer, I'd go right to commercial when you morph into that other guy. The other guy, the other yeah, side the of other midnight. Guy you filled in. The guy used to do this show. Oh, yeah. oh, oh the the guy. Yeah, he's a Frankie also. Yeah. He's like, uh, he's like a whatever happened. This is what happens in the business. You hear one moment. You're gone the next, and it's like you're a persona non grata. It happened to me quite a few times. Hey, look, uh, we all benefit from that. You know, he'll be back. He'll be back. He knows New York. He is New York. Cred that the others don't have. Curtis Lewa, Talk Radio 77, WABC.
Graham Nash solo of Crosby, Stills, Nash, and Young. And as I told you uh, last week when we discussed this over the weekend, the growing rift involving artists who had their works available on Spotify, who have now removed them off the playlist. So we have, in this particular case, we have uh, the first to do that, as you know, was Neil Young. Oh, Canada, Hosehead from Canada, eh? And then it was quickly followed by a gal who uh, had quite a few relationships going, if you remember, with members of Crosby, Stills, Nash, and Young. The only one she didn't have a relationship with was uh, Stephen Silk. Who am I talking about? You know who I'm talking about. 1-800-848-9222. That's 1-800-848-WABC. So since Graham Nash came on board, and then uh, Bad Boy, who uh, created the uh, the song for me, The Other Side of Midnight, that's Con- uh, Crosby, David Crosby. You have uh, Graham Nash from the U.K., David Crosby from Los Angeles, Stephen Stills from L.A., Neil Young from Canada. All four now have removed from the playlist their songs from Spotify, along with what female performer, and now added to that, Niles, Niles Offren of the E Street Band and the Crazy Horse Band that uh, Neil Young was a part of. He has said he wants all of his songs to meet from Spotify. And so the generational battle continues. We're talking about singers who are in their 70s, uh, early 80s, uh, battling the likes uh, of uh, some performers like uh, Winston Marshall of Mumford & Sons. In fact, can I have the uh, hipster and millennial anthem there of Mumford and Sons? I will wait. Yeah, you can wait a month to Sundays, pal. I never liked Mumford at all. Oh, here they are. Uh, all, the, all the hipsters and millennials are out there, right? They're all dancing. Oh, oh, this is Mumford and Sons. Oh, let me hear some of that. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Like a stone And I fell heavy into your arms I hate Mumford and Sons. Why? Because they're hipsters and millennials. And so their star, Winston Marshall, has blasted millionaire artists like Crosby, Stills, Nash, and Young. And by the way, who is the uh, female participant uh, that uh, I'm talking about? has blasted them and claimed that the artists were risking Soviet-style censorship in the West by removing music from Spotify in their stand against Joe Rogan. Our number is 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Pat in New Jersey. Your turn to be heard here at WABC, Pat. Hi, Curtis. I think a redhead means you have a very bad temper. Oh, that's for sure. Look at Lucille Ball, right? I don't know. Is she uh, originally a redhead, or did she dye her hair? 
No, I believe an original redhead from upstate New York. She believed better red than dead. She was actually a card-carrying communist uh, with her family at the time. Uh, J. J. Edgar Hoover uh, protected her and her family at that point. Uh, But she was a hothead in real life. You know, not so much on television with Ricky Ricardo. But but in real life, she was volatile with Ricky. Ricky had all kinds uh, of affairs, and she had all kinds of affairs. And then all of a sudden, they would fight. Uh, they would make up. They'd make love. And then they'd go back to having affairs again. Hmm. Some marriage. Well, there are some marriages like that. You know, they uh, what do they say? They make up to break up and break up to make up. Who sang that song? I don't think I ever heard that song. Oh, it's classic. Uh, in fact, I'll give our numbers out on that. 1-800-848-9222. That's 1-800-848-WABC. Uh, what was the song? Make up to break up, break up to make up. But anyway, Pat, uh, have you ever met anybody with red hair? I was just going to say, I've never known a redhead. And I'm pretty, I'm 83 years old. That's incredible. Not even one who had their hair dyed, uh, you know, with uh, deep burgundy or burnt orange or bright copper. Well, my daughter-in-law puts red streaks in her hair every so often. Okay, well, that's close enough. Is she a hothead? Um, Not really. Well, uh, you would have to. Actually, I've seen them in Ireland. In era, era, and uh, in Scotland, when I was in Scotland. But when I was in Scotland, uh, they, the, the Catholics are called Timmies. Uh, you know, it's Rangers versus Celtics. Uh, the okay. Celtics are the Catholics, the Rangers are the Protestants. I didn't see many uh, redheads who were Protestant, but the Catholics, even in Scotland, uh, tended to have some, not all, but uh, some had red hair. Oh, as I said, I've never met one. I have to tell you, I love your show, especially Sunday nights when your um, wife comes on. Oh, yeah, and remember, this Sunday night, 12 midnight to 1 in the morning, the most requested, uh, that part that is most participatory in terms of the number of folks calling up and inquiring about further information is our Animal Welfare Hour, starring my wife, Nancy, who is a uh, animal rescue expert, that's from 12 midnight to 1. I'm on from 9 to 1. And then, unfortunately, I have to pass over the uh, microphone to the Mameluk, uh, the Mashad, the Mangaluch, Frank Morano, who then begins his stint of uh, the other side of midnight through the week, 1 through 5, uh, 1 to 5, Monday through Friday. So that's 20 hours. And then I do 11 hours uh, of the other side of midnight on the weekend, in addition to everything else I do on the weekend. Anyway, let's go to Carol in New Jersey. Your turn to be heard here at WABC, uh, Carol. Hi there, Kurt. I'm a natural redhead, and I was told by my dermatologist, of all people, that it comes from the Vikings. It comes from the Scandinavians, the red hair. Well, that makes sense. Eric the Red. And Leif Erikson, right? Yeah, Eric the Red. Absolutely, absolutely. So and that also, would that would mean would, that would mean Scandinavians, uh, either from uh, we have Scandinavian blood, right? Wow. Um, also, that was a stylistic makeup to break up. That's correct. You win the Curtis Levy uh, Sliwa Booby Prize. Don't ask, don't tell, because I'm so cheap. I throw nickels around like manhole covers. 
One thing you'll never get from me is a promise to send you a Frank Morano WABC cap that you'll be waiting a month of Sundays for, like so many others who call here and say, hey, where's my Frank Morano cap? I was promised that like nine years ago. And then actually I used the quote that you always quote, like when you want to pay a bill and you don't have the money yet. Oh, it's, the check's in the mail. I say, oh, the Frank Morano uh, WABC cap is in the mail. Maquana Mai. Let's go to Jimmy in Staten Island. Your turn to be heard here at WABC, Jimmy. Curtis, God bless you. How am I? You're doing real good, Jimmy. That's what you think. I had a full knee replacement. I'm walking around like Jagad over here. Oh, if I had a Louisville slugger, I'd hit that kneecap and it'd be singing and ringing like a slot machine in Atlantic City. Ah, uh, you devote you been outside. When you speak, my kitchen becomes a chapel. My Jimmy's idiot. Listen, <laughs> I'm talking about the gypsies, right? Yes. Now, what happens is I couldn't wait to get to Italy. That was a dream of mine. Almost 45 years it took me to get there, right? So I finally get there, and I'm loaded all around me gypsies. Now I see a gypsy. I'm walking to the, you know, the Vatican every morning. I go, and there she is with one leg. And I asked this guy, William, who I befriended, I said, but what is it with these gypsies all around? Why she got no leg? He said, because if they don't bring back enough money at the end of a month, they take a body part off. Isn't that unbelievable? And then I go over there by the uh, the, the Colosseum. And this guy's over there, and he starts arguing with me, selling me water, the Bangladeshi. And the guy, William, tells me, don't bother by the water. It's parasites. They keep freezing and refreezing. So I had a big battle. You know, the Brooklyn came out of me, even though I'm originally from Brooklyn. I live on Staten Island now. So I thought of a man that knocks. I said, don't get in trouble out here. You'll never go home. So with that. I'll never go back to Rome again. I'm glad I saw the Colosseum. I didn't like seeing the gypsies. I got nothing against nobody but a gypsy on the floor every morning. I was going broke with her. And number one. And number two, the other guy that wanted to beat me up with the parasite water by the uh, Colosseum. I couldn't wait to get back to Brooklyn and smell the dirt, kiss the floor, and smack a, a drug addict somewhere. You know what I mean? Oh, absolutely. Kabish, kabish. Although here in the Northeast, you'll see gypsy women outside of storefronts and you'll say, how could they afford that storefront reading palms for like what? Five dollars, ten dollars. It's impossible. Thousands of dollars for a storefront. What are the men doing in the back? What particular criminal activity do they get accused of doing in the back that subsidizes? What could be thousands and thousands of dollars in rent? 1-800-848-9222. That's 1-800-848-WABC. Let's go to Victor, who's calling from Hoboken. Your turn to be heard here at WABC, Victor. Uh, How you doing? I'm so so excited to hear your voice. Ah, you caught yourself. Well, what mistake did you make, Victor? Come on. Fess up. Fess up. What mistake did you make? Um... I wanted to ask you, how are you? Okay, I'll give you slack. You recognize, you made a mistake, you did your penance, uh, not your All Fathers and Hail Marys, but I'll give you some slack, Victor. Okay. Um, well, I, I was uh, looking at the Station of the Cross, 
and I and I realized that you were talking about that. Yes, I was. And, I was. Uh, it's part of penance, doing stations of the cross. Yeah. And so, well, um, obviously, you had a a bunch of guys that were protecting innocent people in a civilized way, but it would be obvious that you would ask about the red hair. And so I came up with the answer would be Judas Iscariot. Wow. Are you saying Judas had red hair? Yeah, he had red hair. Wow. So Judas, how many, how many pieces of silver did he get for turning in Jesus? That would be 30. 30 pieces of silver. I had no idea. The Judas had red hair. Did any of you out there? one 800 Let's go to Joseph in the Hudson Valley. Your turn to be heard here at WABC, Giuseppe. Good morning, Curtis. Um, the reason why, I don't know. I think it's because it's like, it's a big echo, but it's um, people with red hair have no soul. They have no soul? That's what I heard. Wow. So redhead, So that means they're walking around with uh, you and me and everybody else, and they have no soul. So when they, di- not, when they die... I'm not going to like, make that I know, say that's true or not. But. I know, but when they die, where can they go if they don't have a soul? There's uh, hell, there's purgatory, there's heaven. They took away limbo. Uh, where do they go if they don't have a soul? I'm not wanting to know. Wow. Giuseppe, you've opened up a Pandora's box. If being redheaded means you don't have a soul, ladies and gentlemen, when you pass on to the hereafter, where do you go without a soul? Can you enter heaven? Can you enter purgatory? Can you go to hell, straight to hell without an asbestos suit? Or are you given special dispensation by the Baltimore Catechism and you're allowed into that place that doesn't exist anymore, limbo. It was supposed to be for the unbaptized babies who happened to die. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Josh calling from Manchester. Your turn to be heard here at WABC, Josh. Yes, hello, Josh. You see, Manchester, up in New Hampshire, uh, it's the Granite State. Live free or die state. Don't try to take their guns away. When Bernard gets the subway gunman fled after shooting in that number two train going downtown after being surrounded by, let me see if I remember the four thugs. There was Troy Canty, Barry Allen, James Ramsour, and Daryl Cabey. See, I can remember like it was yesterday. I uh, shot each one of them, and then he said to Daryl Cabey, who was on the floor, you don't... You don't look so bad. Shot him in the back. Then he ran to the end of the car, ran into the tunnel, disappeared, uh, and ended up going up to New Hampshire where he had taken uh, uh, training uh, in uh, the use of the pistol that he had. Live free or die. Oh, man, that's uh, that's definitely a Second Amendment state. But I guess uh, we discombobulated with Josh. Although you can hear he's on there. You there, Josh? Uh, I'm here, 
Lucy will pull that Rose will pull that. And and Jets went to Vermont, not New Hampshire. He went to Vermont. Who went to Vermont? Bernie Getz, he was on that two train. If that train, three bars died, he would have been in the Bronx on that two train. They would have gave him 25 to life. What the hell are you talking about, Josh? Lucille Ball was a brunette. Lucille Ball was a brunette born in upstate New York who believed better red than dead. She was a card-carrying communist with her family, protected by J. Edgar Hoover. And you're claiming that she was a brunette you couldn't be more hopelessly wrong. No, you're wrong. Listen, you're, you're watching old black and white movies. That's why you can't tell. Listen, she had brown hair and she dyed it red, Lucille Ball. Oh, come on. There's not enough henna in the world that would have turned her hair red. And I don't know, Desi Arnaz, when they got divorced, he's on the TV show with one of those guys late night, and he's going, when Lucille got pregnant, she was as big as an elephant. And he wonders why she threw him out of the house and hit him with a frying pan. And that was, uh, she uh, she delivered into the world Liddy, Little Desi, right? Yeah, Little Ricky. Little Ricky yeah, and Little, little Desi and Little Lucille. Yeah, and he was in the program, uh, Little Ricky, right? Yes, he was in the program. He was, he was, but he didn't have red hair. None of the kids had red hair because she didn't have red hair. Oh, no, she just was on the two train. What are you blind, Josh? How could you not know that Lucille Ball had red hair? After she died in red, everybody knew she had red hair, but she was born as a brunette. No, no, no. There's only one place you could have told told exactly what her natural hair color was, and she did not expose it in her erogenous zone. Did you ever notice when there was like a rainy scene and I love Lucy, she'd always run inside because she had that cheap hair dye and it would run all over her, but she'd be red. And they called red-headed witches back then. You know who that is? That's right, that's Steve from an ad. I figured I'd give him a whirl and a twirl there. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Uh, he keeps practicing. He keeps getting better. But you can tell when he mixed Bernard Getz and claimed that he went to Vermont. Are you kidding? Even though it's a big Second Amendment state, even Bernie Sanders had to acknowledge. He said, oh, yeah, I'm not taking the guns away from anybody in Vermont. We know how to use guns. Well, is that a bit racist, what Bernie uh, Bernie the Altacaca Sanders said? Because mostly white people, Ben and Jerry up there, a lot of ex-New Yorkers, uh, they believe in the Second Amendment. A lot of people up there have guns. Not too many black and Hispanics uh, or Native Indians. So what, are they, what is he trying to say up there? They, they, know how to, uh, they know how to handle guns and people in urban areas don't? What did he mean by that? How come they gave him a pass, Bernie the Altacaca Sanders? That cracker? That's right, that cracker. Who went to Madison High School. That's right, with how many other people? Hold on a second here. I got to open this up here. The whole computer collapsed. Let's say, uh, let's go to Katie calling from Rutherford, New Jersey. Your turn to be heard here at WABC, Katie. Hi, Curtis. How are you? <laughs> Katie? If there's one um, thing you've learned in all this time of listening to me is you don't ask me how I'm doing because I'm going to say I've had better days. Gabish. Oh, I gabish. But listen, I just want to say we were praying for you 
that you, uh, we wish you had won, you know, the mayorship. But I do want to, this is why I'm calling. I am furious at that nut job who called up a few minutes ago saying that redheads do not have a soul. I am a redhead. I'm almost 60, and I'm not bad looking, okay? I've gained a couple pounds during COVID, but I am furious that he said that. Because when I go on to my great reward in heaven, I will be with my mother and my father and all my relatives. Were any of them redheads, Katie? Um, My great-grandfather was. He had long red hair and a long red beard. Wow. Now, Katie, uh, question, uh, uh, what ethnic background are you? Well, we think we're Irish and German (laughs) with a little bit of English, Dutch. All right, all right. Well, having the Irish in there, the proclivity to have red hair, mostly the Scottish and uh, definitely the Irish. Okay. And and what? It just, it, it, Go ahead, Kenny. I'm sorry, there's a delay. Yeah, yeah, I know. There's a echo. There's a Kenny Vance uh, Planetone's echo in the phones. <laughs> yeah, I'm hearing myself. <laughs> how, how do you sound to yourself, Katie? Awful. <laughs> well, so if you sound awful to yourself, how do you think you sound to everybody else? Well, should I change the tone of my voice? <laughs> yes. Why don't you give it a Lauren Bacall, more sultry, more sort of a, a tenor, a tenor feel to it? Do you think you could do that, Katie? I'll try my best, darling. Oh, much better. Much more. I'm, I'm on my tenth cigarette. Yes. Oh, which? <laughs> well, well, what brand do you smoke? Well, I used to smoke Max One Twenties. Max One Twenties. <laughs> they were awesome. You you would light them, and they would go for like two hours. Yeah, but are you sure that wasn't a tie stick? No, it was a Max. They came in a blue package. And if you couldn't get a Max, what other brand would you smoke? Marlboro Light. Oh, Marlboro Lights. And how many years did you smoke? Um, Probably from like 18 to 30. All right. So it didn't have a negative impact on your voice at all, Katie. I, I can assure you we're listening to your voice here. It's copacetic. But you don't like the sound of your voice. It's like women when they look in the mirror. They don't like the way they look. Well, and I you, do. And you see, Katie, uh, you said you put on a few pounds during uh, the lockdown the pandemic. Yeah. But if all of a sudden I or another guy said, oh, you put on a few pounds there, you would take umbrage to that. No, I'd probably agree with them and then punch them in the face. Yeah, see? And knock that <laughs> schnoz right down their throat. So now, being, oh, right down the throat, baby. Right now, being a redhead, how is your personality different than the blondes and brunettes uh, that you grew up with? I think I have more spunk. All right, so fiery, more fiery. Yes, that's it, fiery. I like that. I see. And uh, did anybody ever come up to you when you were growing up with natural red hair and talk of all the things that they thought that your red hair meant? Well, that's a good question. You know, did they say you were like uh, 666, the mark of the beast, satanic, a witch? Oh, God, no. No, no, no. I, I don't go there. We've been watching all the stuff on the Travel Channel about haunted houses and stuff. And when it comes to the devil, I quickly change. Ooh. So, they, no, you're not, you're not a Wicca. You don't believe in uh, sat- satanic worship. You don't, nope, nope, nope. You're not a tree hugger. You don't kiss frogs. I have a little, a couple little frog ornaments, but I don't go around kissing them. All right. Well, remember, uh, are you a natural redhead? 
Yes. So that means every follicle on your body, uh, wherever they grow, are red. Either that or blonde. Oh, now, hold on a second. Then you're not a natural redhead. No, I am, but the, like the hairs on my arms, they're not deep red. Well, you see, you've been denied. Somehow, you've been cheated of being a full redhead like Eric the well, Red. I don't, know if I, well, I, don't know, I don't know if I want to walk around with red hair all over my arms. Why not? It would look weird. You'd be different than anybody else. I like my no. I, I like what God gave me. Okay, so this is what you should do because it doesn't match with all the other follicles, all the other hair growing on your body. What you should do is you go get some Clairol, uh, you spritz it on, you spritz it on, and this way you have red hair everywhere. No, I, I, I I'll leave it alone. Or henna. Use henna. It's like what? Uh, no, no, no. <laughs> women in India do that all the time. Well, I, I I like, they're like nice little blonde hairs. I'll leave them alone. Oh, God. See, typical. Everybody wants to be a blondie. So even though you're born no. a natural redhead, you've been a redhead all your life, you would prefer, the, you prefer the blonde, the few, the few strands of blonde that you have on your arm to the rest of your body that has red hair. Well, it might be strawberry blonde. Oh, strawberry blonde, you see? How about ginger? You know, like ginger. What was that? Uh, Lost on Gilligan's Isle, remember? Ginger. Ginger's still alive. One of them's still alive. The redhead. She was a redhead there. The drop-dead gorgeous one. Who is the drop-dead gorgeous woman who is still alive from Gilligan's Island who probably could be a model now? She's got to be in her 80s. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Eloise in the Bronx. Your turn to be heard here at WABC, Eloise. Yes. Uh, I had a patient, and and I was giving her a bath. So I asked her, I said, you have redhead hair, and you're 77 years old. Wow. And she told me, I am French. Indian from Alabama. Mm. So that was interesting. And also, I think in the Bible, Esau had red hair. So Esau. Yeah, Esau. Right. You know, you heard of Esau and Jacob? No, that's Old Testament. Right. Yeah, I, I was raised on the New Testament, although I believe in the Old Testament, eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth. You hit me, then I hit you so hard, your mother will feel the vibrations. Wow. Now, question here. She's 77 years old. I wonder if a redhead, uh, as they age, they actually gray out. They get gray hair. She had no gray hair. I should have asked that to our previous caller. she also had a hot temper. Yeah, yeah, that seems to be synonymous with red hair. But she was French-Indian. Hmm. French Indian. Well, remember, the French had a great relationship uh, as you went up the Mississippi River into Quebec, uh, into Canada with a number of the uh, the native, the uh, Indian tribes. They had it seemed to have a much better relationship with Indians than the English did. OK, so that would make that would make a lot of sense. So I I appreciate that. Appreciate that. OK, have a good night. 
Our number is 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Phyllis in Brooklyn. Your turn to be heard here at WABC, Phyllis. Hey, Curtis. Yeah, I just want to let you know we love you so much. I have an echo, but I'm calling about Lucille Ball. The man was right. She was a natural brunette. What? I looked it up and say, yeah, her hair was her trademark, that red color, but she was a natural brunette. You know what happened? Early in the 1950s, MGM urged her to dye her hair, and she agreed. And they say the color was an actual a golden apricot. She used a henna rinse, and they kept it under lock and key, uh, Curtis. And I could have swore she was a, red, a natural, too, redhead. Oh, my God, you busted. We love your trivia. I know, but you yes. busted You busted my bubble. Now, hold on a second, Phyllis. <laughs> you love my trivia. Listen to what Frank Morano has to say about trivia, and I want you to comment on that, Phyllis. Again, trivia questions aren't great talk topics, you know, because once we learn it, it's kind of over. But it is interesting. I would not have guessed that. Now, Frank Morano. I love Frankie. Yes, a lot, but that's not right. That's not true. We learn a lot with trivia also. That's right. Curtis, you are walking encyclopedia or something. What? But we learn a lot with trivia, and that's not true what uh, Curtis is saying. And speaking of 77, Lucille Ball died at 77. Wow. And the lady was talking about 77. I did not yeah. know that. I did not know that. But it, when you get a chance, you have to call up Frank Morano and let uh-huh. him know that trivia does it? lead to further discussion. I will. I will. And Phyllis, also, I want you all to do me a favor. Wherever you are listening, you could be in Europe, 38 states, parts of Canada, the Bermuda Triangle, Mm -hmm. the Bahamas. It doesn't matter. Uh, You can be listening on the app. You can be listening on the stream, which means you can be listening from anywhere around the world. You need to listen to all 20 hours, if at all possible, of Frank Morano, 1 to 5, Monday through Fridays, uh, the other side of midnight. Because I need people to rat him out to me, to let me know exactly <laughs> what he's saying, Phyllis. Okay, Curtis, we'll do that. Please. It's incumbent <laughs> upon all of you because he, he pulls a lot of fast ones. And then people will tell me like a week later, do you see what Frank said about you? And I say, no, what did he say? But if you, you can actually, if people can actually sit there and listen and they have a little uh, little book there and they take notes. And they say, oh, at 5.33, this is what Frank Morano said about Curtis, Curtis, and then report that to me, Phyllis. Yes, will do. You got to rat him out. Rat him out. We love you so much. That's right. Eat the Parmesan cheese. Rat him out, Phyllis. (laughs) Okay, Curtis, thanks. Thank you, Phyllis. Yes, Phyllis, she's good. She's going to listen to 20 hours of Frank Morano, boy. God, what a constitution you have to have to put up with 20 hours of him. She's going to listen to 20 hours of Frank Morano so she can rat out what he says about me. And the rest of you, likewise, you do it. You can then text me. You can email me. Uh, you could send snail mail. You can send up smoke signals. And let, let me know what propaganda he's putting out about me. One eight hundred eight four eight nine two two two. Let's go to Mary calling from Yonkers. Your turn to be heard here at WABC, Mary. Hi, Curtis. My daughter has red hair. Oh. Um, I'll never forget when she was born. 
it was more like strawberry blonde. And then as she got older, it turned darker red. But she has road rage like I never saw. It's really bad. And other than that, she's a very nice girl. But she really has a temper. Now, what kind of car does she drive, Mary? It's an SUV, um, a Jeep. All right. So, ladies and gentlemen, if you happen to see a redhead driving around the streets <laughs> of Yonkers, Nodine Hill, Schlobheim, Mumford Gardens, oh, uh, Getty Square, uh, be on the lookout. She has red hair because, as Mary, her mother said, uh, she drives uh, and at times has road rage. Right, Mayor? It's frightening. And also, as she's getting older, her hair is coming in white. White? Yeah. Wow. And what ethnic background is your daughter? Well, on on my side, she would be three-quarters Irish and a quarter French. And on her father's side, all Italian and German. All right, so it's more than likely it's your DNA, your gene, gene pool, because of the Irish uh, impact, uh, more than likely. A lot of Irish, uh, uh, those who are yeah. Scotch. Uh, they My have, hair is Auburn. Yours is Auburn, okay. okay. That's her father had blonde hair. Oh, wow. I'm telling you, man. I'm telling you. And, and again, you got you to gotta listen to... Uh, all four hours at the other side of midnight when Frank Morano was on Monday through Friday from 1 to 5. Because we got to rat this guy out, Mary. Well, Curtis. Good. Good. Thank you. It's good Thank to you. see you. Thank you. Do appreciate that. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Kenny in Bayside. Your turn to be heard here at WABC, Kenny. Auburn is a, is a redhead. So Tina Louise, Tina Louise, Tina Louise. I want to be loved by you. Now, if in fact Kenny is Kenny in Bayside and not Steve from Manhattan, Creedmoor is not far away. They only have about 70% occupancy, so there's uh, 30% vacancy there, and they have some strong drugs. I'm sure they could give him shock treatment, a lobotomy, any number of things to deal with his uh, discombobulation. Because he really is discombobulated. 1-800-848-9222. Now, uh, if we can, uh, if you can play that, Stephen Stills, love the one you're with, because it is clear that... Now that the entire four-man group, Crosby, Stills, Nash, and Young, joined by Stephen Stills with Joni Mitchell, all five have pulled their song lists from Spotify in their war against Joe Rogan and what they claim is misinformation about COVID-19. On the other side of the dial, you have Eric Clapton and Van Morrison who have sided with Joe Rogan and some of those uh, who have come onto his airwaves for the three or four hours a day he does his podcast. And uh, they are siding with Joe Rogan. Great song. Great song by Stephen Stills. 
Anyway, let's go to Louise in South Amboy. Your turn to be heard here on WABC, Louise. Hi, Curtis. It's wonderful to speak to you. You do so much good work for everybody. Trying to protect. But I'm 78 years old. Business Thursday, and I still have room. Hold on a second. Let's see if we can reconnect with Louise. Uh, the discronificator seems uh, uh, to be breaking up. It seems most of the night, I will tell you this, most of the night, uh, unfortunately, the Gentiles, the Goyim, have not been able to get through. They've been hearing, they've been bleeding back, massive reverting um Echoes. Now, mostly Gentiles, Goyim. It seems that the Jews, Orthodox, conservative, some reform, have been shielded by that because of uh, Hashem. Seems Hashem has prevailed tonight on this radio show as opposed to JC. I don't know how we're going to fix it. We're going to leave it up to our crack engineer, uh, Dan. Dan, the man who is constantly a fixture at Bada Bing, better known as Satin Dolls, the strip joint in Lodi, New Jersey, featured in The Sopranos, right next to our Tower of Power, the 50,000-pound for watts of sound of WABC. They can be heard almost all throughout the world at this point. Got to deal with that. Anyway, let's uh, go to Pamela, who's calling from Central Jersey. Your turn to be heard here at WABC, Pamela. In, in keeping with the theme of red hair. Oh, boy. Uh, Here we go. More problems. More problems. Let's see if we can somehow help the Gentiles, the Goyim, uh, connect better with us. It's been a uh, problem for all five hours uh, of our show uh, this morning. Hopefully it'll be rectified when I come back, by the time I come back, 2 to 4 o'clock in the afternoon. You know I'm going to be riffing on uh, Eric Adams uh, calling white police officers crackers. And remember, on the occasion, I didn't have my crackers with my chicken soup earlier today. I brought them into the studio in the cellophane bags. Because I guess uh, I am the cracker man. Our number is 1-800-848-9222. Check this out. No one knows New York better. The founder of the Guardian Angels, Curtis Lewa. And you can't compete against that. On 77 WABC. This is America. Don't worry. The illegal aliens have not taken over our country. In fact, this is not an illegal alien. He's an American citizen. Who is this performer, ladies and gentlemen, for a Curtis Lee Booby Prize? Don't ask, don't tell. I'm so cheap, I throw nickels around like manhole covers. And if you happen to win my belly button lint, that's the grand prize. I will hermetically seal it in an envelope and mail it to you, COD, by United States Parcel Service, which means you might get it in a month of Sundays. Could I have that music again there, please, Bruce? Who, basically, is this artist? 
and who is uh, performing with him. Our number is 1-800-848-9222. Don't worry, it's not La Mega. It's not the Super Kaku. 1-800-848-9222. Come on, come on. You know who this is. 1-800-848-WABC. Responsible for a recent super spreader concert in which 60,000 people had gathered up. 1-800-848-9222. Enough. You're frightening people here. They think that the invasion from Honduras, Guatemala, El Salvador, Mexico, and parts unknown has uh, breached uh, uh, the demarcation line down near the Rio Grande, uh, coming across the border into Texas, into New Mexico, into Arizona, and into Cali, Cali, uh, California. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go uh, to Tommy calling from Newark. Your turn to be heard here at WABC, Tommy. Curtis. Yes, Tommy. I got a couple questions about Eric Adams. Sure. And his history with the police department. Uh, I'm trying to dig up some research. And I guess you're the guy that answered when he was coming up through the ranks, I guess he was promoted and then promoted again. Did he ever have to take any kind of test, like uh, for a lieutenant job, or, or or was everything just kind of given to him? Yeah, no, he took uh, he took the civil service tests uh, to become a sergeant, lieutenant, then a captain. Retired as a captain after twenty two years, uh, first ten years in the transit police and then 12 years in the NYPD. So he did take the civil service test and became a white shirt, although uh, it is alleged that when he was the head of uh, 100 blacks uh, in law enforcement, uh, that uh, he enabled certain African-American men who took the test to cheat. Uh, And he was in double trouble, but uh, he had some kind of rabbi out there who rescued him at a time when he could have gone down for the count as the... uh, the head spokesperson for the 100 Angry Blacks in law enforcement. Okay, gotcha. All right, now now also, I want you to listen uh, to uh, what we started the program off with. Eric Adams, cold busted, having made his speech a little more than two years ago before he had officially announced that he was running for the mayoralty of the city of New York. It was front of a group of black businessmen, black businesswomen in Harlem, USA. And listen to how he describes uh, white cops that he had worked with through the years. Every day in the police department, I kicked those crackers ass, man. I was unbelievable in the police department. Uh, that's the short version. Uh, so, uh, Bruce, uh, give me the uh, long version so people can hear it in context. Uh, he was uh, approached today with that uh, that audio, and he acknowledged it and apologized. But actually, that audio was floating around since uh, Tuesday. And uh, the media, which was aware of it, unfortunately embargoed it, decided not to reveal it until after police officer Mora's funeral, which meant that they were giving uh, coverage uh, and protection to Eric Adams. That is the moment they they had possession of that audio. You would have thought 
that that would have been immediately published, uh, whether on television or on a radio station or at least uh, transcribed in a newspaper. Uh, It was not. It ended up being re-released on Friday, even though it was available for public uh, consumption on Tuesday. Now, figure out why the media would do something like that. All the different media outlets decided not to go with it on Tuesday, which was right before uh, the wake uh, and the funeral of police officer Mora. Let's go with the long uh, version of what Eric Adams had to say about white cops being crackers. Every day in the police department, I kicked those crackers out, man. I was unbelievable in the police department when he one of the black law enforcement. Okay, the sergeant, a lieutenant, and the captain... You know the story. Some people all of a sudden trying to reinvent me. But the reality is, what I was then is who I am now. I'm called again. So it's so interesting. I'm coming right after the sister talking about um, uh, cannabis. I would rather wear white all day, grow a beard, smoke some weed, and leave this stuff alone. <laughs> you hear me? Man, that wake up every day and don't like themselves, they're going to beat me up. The people who say, where's our real black leaders, they're going to say, listen, who's Eric? You know, why does Eric think he should be mayor? Well, you run. You run. Go raise the $7 million. You know, go do this hit. Let me tell you something, man. They are lining up. Eric can't be mayor. In the corners of the city, they are lining up. They know me. They know what I'm about, and they know what I'm going to do as the mayor of the city of New York. Listen, we're not going to play this game. We're taking 30% off the top of MWBEs. Not saying give it to a majority company to pass through. No, we're going to take the 30% off the top. Y'all have your 70%. The 30% is going to go straight to the women and minority-owned business. Wow. Yo, you know, he has to get into that uh, black speak thing. That's part of the defense uh, of what he was saying, calling uh, police officers that he had served with uh, crackers. But he also talked about he was going to smoke some weed. I mean, what was this guy doing? Improv, stand up, trying to entertain people, get them to have a good belly laugh. Or is he protecting, uh, protected by his complexion? Is his protection his complexion because he's African-American? Like you could imagine if I, who was his opponent in the general election to become mayor, had disparaged black police officers who had locked me up, some of which uh, actually had in the first 13 years, which was a baptism, a baptism in fire when Ed Koch and the police unions hated me and the Guardian Angels and I got arrested 76 times, probably uh, about eight or ten of them were by police officers who were African-American or West Indian. And you can imagine if all of a sudden uh, I had a public presentation in which I was dropping the N-bomb on them like that, making jokes, chucking and jiving there, people having belly laughs as I was talking about smoking weed. I mean, come on. Double standard, 1-800-848-9222. That's 1-800-848-WABC. Let's go to Mike and Yonkers. Your turn to be heard here at WABC, Mike. It's just more lip service. It's more lip service. So 
sounds like the alcohol. Sounds like the alcohol was talking. <laughs> it sounds like it was. Unfortunately, the connection sucks. And uh, we have been plagued by this ever since I came on the air at 1 o'clock in the morning to 6. I don't know what to tell all of you. Uh, about three-quarters of the calls were impaired, not only by the caller hearing an echo, strong echo, uh, but by us on the other side of that phone uh, conference uh, hearing uh, broken up uh, gibberish at times. It always seems to impact the uh, weekend shows, of which I do. Uh, remember, I start early Saturday morning, 1 to 6. Then in a few hours, I come back after going to the annual Lunar Parade in Flushing. Uh, that'll be from uh, starting at 11 o'clock. I'll have to be back here by 2. I do 2 to 4 solo, and I'll definitely be riffing into Eric Adams calling uh White police officers, crackers. I'm not giving him any slack on that. Then I turn around, do it all over again from 12 midnight to 6 in the morning. That's six straight hours. Hopefully they'll have the uh, telephones uh, repaired by then. Maquan am I? It always seems to break down on my shift on the weekend when, uh, as uh, John Katsimatidis said, five days after I had lost the election against uh, Eric Adams to become the next mayor of the city of New York, uh, I was given my job back here at WABC by John and Margot and told that WABC, the acronym stands for Always Broadcasting Curtis. And so think, uh, I'll then be out there and coming back uh, in the overnights, 12 to 6, only to return to take on Chris Hahn from 3 to 5 on Sunday. And then so nice, uh, finish off the rest of the day, 9 o'clock uh, at night, to 1 o'clock in the morning and those special two hours uh, of uh, 12 midnight to 1 dedicated to animal welfare. And the co-host uh, of that hour is my wife, Nancy, uh, animal rights activist and uh, rescuer. Anyway, our numbers, uh, let's go to Mike uh, in Elmhurst. Your turn to be heard here at WABC, Mike. Hi, it's Mike. Yeah, Mike. Yes, I'm actually in Oakhurst, New Jersey. Oakhurst, New Jersey. But, yeah, I love... Uh, uh, Bruce, orders from headquarters. You got to track down Dan, uh, Matt Meany, all hands on deck. This is another weekend in which uh, our phones are just not operating correctly. We are the number one news talk station in the nation. Now, you could be in uh, Alabama or Houston, NASA Center uh, Central Control, and you could have clear communications with the astronauts and the cosmonauts and everybody on the space station. And yet, we can't seem to get these phones to work whenever it's my shift, which would lead me to believe there has to be some form of sabotage against me. It doesn't happen with Frank Morano, the other side of midnight, Monday through Fridays from 1 to 5. It doesn't happen. It didn't happen with Dominic Carter before this show. He's on from 12 to 1. Nor before that, Rita Cosby from 10 to 12. It hasn't happened during the day with Greg Kelly on from 1 to 3. Hasn't happened to Mike Kumbadicic, uh, Rudy Giuliani, who's on from uh, 3 to 4. Or Bo Snurdly, who's on from 4 to 5. Uh, and Bo will be on this morning uh, from 8 to 10. Uh, as we get revved up, Larry Kudlow on from 10 to 1. 
and then after an hour, I'm back after being in Flushing with the Lunar Annual Day Parade. And hopefully uh, my phone will be working better than these freaking phones. 